Welcome to Cards and Cubes, a show about board games that you didn't grow up playing. Today is October 27, 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our regularly scheduled board gaming goodness to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Podcast News. We now know in the 21st century that this world was being watched closely by intelligence greater than our own. That's right, folks, we are not alone. And the presence of ungodly, non-board gaming creatures have shown their ugly faces upon this world we call Earth. While Jacob is fighting this invasion, we are here at Demolition Games, located 3300 South and 85 West, where they have a great selection of board games at great prices. We have chosen to do the much braver thing and bring to you episode 8 of the, Car the Cards and Cubes Halloween Special. On today's episode, we will talk about some spooky games played, our opinions on Abomination, the heir to Frankenstein, we will pitch a horror movie based on a non-horror board game, we will give to you our top three favorite horror games, and we will end the show with Christo's Haunted House of Crowdfunding Wonders. We are your ghost hosts with the most. I am Brandon. I'm Christo. I'm Justine. And I'm Matt. All right. Welcome to our... Halloween special, which I like to think is the only board gaming podcast with a Halloween special. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I always look forward to specials of any kind, but all the board game podcasts that I listen to, of course, I don't listen to the like 374 that are listed on yeah. BGG, but they none, none of them have Halloween specials, so welcome to the first. Yeah. <laughs> They're all doing S in. Oh that's yeah, that's <laughs> happening. Now. Oh yeah, that is it's true. That's the Halloween the special. Yes, yeah, the very last day today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't works. Huh. <laughs> Actually, we can talk about it next time. I think. Sure. Oh yeah, we'll talk releases. about it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we'll cover. We'll get we'll there. But yeah, Halloween. Yeah. Um, have you guys done any Halloween things lately? No, as Besides much board games. I love to do Halloween stuff. Like it's my favorite holiday of the year, but. We've been moving, so we haven't had any chance to do anything fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've been busy. We've been doing lots of things, but yeah. I've done a Halloween. lot. Haunted, haunted houses. Haunted houses, oh. yeah. Decorating your house. Yep, decorating. Uh, went to Portland, which just like felt Halloween-y in Portland. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, Risto and I last night went to Haunted Hollow, a local Halloween attraction, which is pretty cool. We went to Nightmare on 13th as well. We did, yeah, on, on my wedding night. Two weeks yeah. ago. <laughs> two weeks ago, yeah. 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 Super jealous. What's your daughter going to be for Halloween? She's going to be Audrey 2 from Little oh. Shop of Horrors. Aww. <laughs> I'm going to be Seymour and Lindsay's going to be Audrey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's so cute. We just have like a green hoodie that we're going to make into like a mouth, like the hood part oh. and put vines on her. Yeah. It's going to be cool. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds we're so gonna go We're going to go trick-or-treating, which pretty much means we're getting candy. And she's <laughs> yeah. eating like two pieces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this show is about board games. So we'll go ahead and talk about some games that yeah. we've played. Um, so I got to play First Class this week because Justin liked it a lot and bought it. Um, so the main comparison is to Russian Railroads. It's by the same designer. And I think First Class is like... 5% worse than Russian Railroads, but in a way that I never want to play it again. <laughs> I would just always want to play Russian Railroads. 
Like, Gaia Project is worse than Terra Mystica, but I'd want to play it, you know, three times for every seven to Terra Mystica, but I just don't see what first class brings to the table that Russian Railroads doesn't already have. All of the modules are just, like, things that are already well incorporated into Russian Railroads, like the two X's and stuff. You just have a few different tracks you're trying to move. But what's different, instead of there being, like, set worker placement spaces that you know are going to come and you plan for, you just top deck it and the things you <laughs> might want might not come out. It's just unnecessary variance compared to Russian railroads. So you don't top deck it though, it's, it's card drafting. It's you, what is What cards are we drafting from the top of the deck right, arranged right. into rows and the rows disappear once they're a certain amount depleted. So, so if the cards you want are arranged unfavorably, the row disappears through no fault of your own because the person to your right is accidentally playing a bunch of defense against you. Right. But replayability is what it has against yeah. Russian Railroads, I would say. Not just the modules, but the way cards come out and mm -hmm. the way you're going to plan according oh, to the cards coming out. I didn't out. get screwed this time. Maybe I will next time. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think Brandon's right. I think there's some replayability and I think it goes right along with those games that aren't perfect information. So like, I mean, you like Pulsar, um, so you Games have to like stay that. flexible. Here's the thing. You yeah. really have to commit in this one. I think you have to go hard to either the top or the bottom track. I think if there's no um, adjustments to be made, I don't think you can all of a sudden zig when you've been zagging like you can in Pulsar and stuff. But I don't think you have to as much. Like, I think there's only so many different strategies. So, and there's going to be cards. Enough cards come out that there's going to be something that will help you with your strategy. I think... I, I can like, I can see what Matt is saying though. I think like first class is by far like a more variance yes. game. There's a lot, a lot more different things, just variance, different mm -hmm. things flipping, different things being available. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's kind of a shorter game, so you get punished with like trying to flex to something different as well. Mm -hmm. So I kind of I can kind of see uh, where he's going, mm -hmm. but I kind of maybe like that is what I found recently for me, which is kind of weird. Like I don't know if I like the the entire game being open kind of games lately. I've been kind of thinking about that, mm -hmm. actually, from the beginning. Uh, because that way, like, you, you could look at the board and just have your whole game planned and it's not that interesting. Yeah. yeah. It just becomes into this, like, I should plan my whole game without actually playing the game and then just kind of execute. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, no, I get that. Yeah, like, you plan it and now you're just, like, robotically going through yeah. the... Yeah. what you need to do. Yeah, that's why a game shouldn't overstay their welcome. <laughs> by, the, by the time you get to that, the game should end. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's by the same guy that did Russian yeah. Railroads, right? Mm -hmm. So it's basically like Russian Railroads, the card game. Like yes. That's what it feels that's like. That's how we think me. of it, yeah. 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 That's exactly what I think of it. Yeah. Which the card game usually has more variants. Yeah, exactly. mm -hmm. The card game version always of games have always has yeah. more variants. I just think there's room on our board gaming shelves for all the different types of games. Like, sometimes I do like a game where I know everything that's coming out, everything that's going to happen, I have my plan, and I do it. And sometimes I like games where you have to stay flexible, and, you know, it just it depends on what you're in the mood for. Uh, okay, so I was going to talk about um, Catacombs, the exit game. Careful. Spoilers. It, no, uh, no, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to avoid spoilers <laughs> as much as possible. Uh, which is, I'm just going to say a few things about it. Um, first of all, it uh, is really difficult. I think on the back there's four circles. Four and in. a half. I four and a half. Is, yeah. And they mean four and a half. Um, it's very difficult. It's really neat. Like the storyline you uncover, the imagery in it is really cool. I would definitely recommend it. 
it is a two-parter and I would definitely recommend playing one part and then playing the second part at another time both Me times too. yeah for sure I would yeah. agree with that it just it's long and yeah. by the time you get to the end you, you yeah you kind of feel like wiped out yeah. Yeah. I, I wish that we would have stopped and played the yeah. second one just so I come with like a fresh mind. Yeah. I feel like maybe it wouldn't have been as difficult, yeah. possibly. Because by the time you get to that very last piece, you're just like, I'm tired and I can't think this through. Especially on a board game night where you're like, I'm playing an exit game for almost three hours. I want to play something else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the game has that feeling of every puzzle you feel like is impossible. Like, that's what I felt like. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just kind of nothing fits when you first look at it so every mm-hmm. puzzle is just like oh my gosh we'll never solve this mm-hmm. and then you struggle on it for like 20 minutes and it's just like uh, or there were reasonable things you could try but they got you nowhere <laughs> ultimately in retrospect I didn't think very many if any of the puzzle solutions were just dumb you know how they are sometimes and you're just like oh that was dumb I wish I would have just <clears throat> skipped that I usually was saying fair enough <laughs> so I was going to say that like none of them are unsolvable yeah. or like counterintuitive like Mm -hmm. some of the unlock games when they ramp up their difficulty it just gets more obscure yeah and I feel like this was just it was solvable it was just difficult like yeah yeah, like you said like when when you find out the solution you go okay yeah Uh, (laughs) I think the big difference in the in the exit series games like between the like one and two circles and the higher difficulty levels is just like how long it takes you to reach that Oh, of course, moment. Mm-hmm. And I think it feels really good when you finally do hit that point, you know? Yeah. Something else that's not a spoiler, but I would say don't play it. Probably don't play it at a board game store where there's a lot of light. Yeah. You'll open up the box and you'll see it comes with a candle. You are lighting that candle and doing things yeah. with it. So you need darkness. So if, if we were lucky enough to be able to shut off the lights in the back of the bo- or board gaming store that we were game at, so that it worked out fine. Yeah. If you have that opportunity, that's cool, but just know that that's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and don't like leave it in a hot car. I think one of the copies we bought <laughs> the wax got ruined. Melt. Yeah, oh, the, the wax that'd be, that'd be on the candle melted. Yeah. Anyway, it was a really fun game. It was super thematic. I would highly recommend it, but yeah, doing it uh, in separate sessions is a great idea. I played Letter Jam. Uh, no one has played it yet from any of you, right? Uh-uh. No, no I, it's, it's, on, it's on my shelf. I yeah. own it. <laughs> you yeah. own it. Wow. Yeah. That, that much anticipation. Uh, <laughs> no, it's actually kind of a game that surprised me. I like word games, um, but I looked at it, and I'm always kind of skeptical of like kind of party-oriented games mm-hmm. uh, just because, I don't know, not many of them are that good, and they're kind of hit and miss, and they're usually kind of simple, so they either kind of work or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm always mm-hmm. kind of like, hmm, I don't know. I read the rules, and I was actually well, I was actually thinking, wow, this sounds pretty cool. What it is, it's, it's kind of a word deduction game. It's really hard to explain, actually. You're trying to guess your own letters, but you can't look at them, so other people have to give you clues about them in like a numbered sequence and you have to kind of guess what the word they're giving you is using the letters around the table. Again, very hard to explain and actually a lot of people that I've played with uh, have said they kind of by me explaining the rules to them, they didn't think the game was going to be that good before Mm -hmm. playing it and then after playing it they're like, wow, this is actually way better than I expected uh, by hearing the rules. Uh, Because it sounds kind of boring, like you just like... um, flip a letter up and like 
give clues about letters for like 45 minutes to an hour. But it's a really cool game. It just hits um, this kind of like word game obsession that I have. Uh, and it's a cool, the deduction element actually works pretty well. So if you like word games, I think you're going to like it a lot. I read the rules for it, and the deduction part is what sounds the most interesting to me. Yes. You yes. can see, you can't see your own letter, but you can see everyone else's letter. And you're, yeah, you're putting these, these like poker chips that have numbers on them with fruit. Yep. With various <laughs> fruit on them. Yeah, on the, the, chips. the theme of the game is like no theme. Like yeah. they have like a flower in the middle and they have like and they have rainbow fruit. chips yeah. and like they have a strawberry on the box. Like what? Yeah. Basically, there's no theme. Just like you don't play that game for the theme. Yeah. Uh, so you yeah, put the numbers around in the, the orientation of the spelling, you know, like this oh, is okay. the first yeah. word, second word. And if yours is used, you just like put a question mark. You have like a piece of paper that you're like writing in the words and like trying to deduct almost like a clue esque thing, but you're not huh. trying to find out a murder, you're trying to find out your letter. And then you're trying to find out what word your letters yeah. spell. Yeah, you're trying to make a word with the letters that you think you got from oh, other okay. people's clues. My only concern with reading the rules is I mean, can you get your cards mixed up? Because you have to like spell them. Before uh, you flip them, right? Th that's yeah. why you have to arrange them like just left to right, and you go left to right from the face upwards, and you write them in order on your paper. Okay. It's not a big deal. Okay, usually. so it works. It's not a big deal. Yeah, no, it works fine. It works fine. Just what uh, about what goes into the clue giving element? Like, is it like you have three words to give to your friend, and you have to choose the right one, or is that just kind of automatic? Uh, you look at the letters around the table, not including yours. So everyone kind of has yeah. that. Kind of forces everyone to give like kind of five clues, well combined. Uh -huh to you because you have a five-letter word so the other people around the table have to give you effectively five clues throughout the game sometime okay. so you look at the letters around the table and you try, try to make a word with them and there's a star which makes the game interesting which is can be any letter so you're like maybe you have like p o w t and a star an and you can actually yeah. use a letter multiple times so you're trying to make these like kind of long yeah. words that there's no double guess with yeah. them, but that people can get their letters from. I thought it was cool too that if you if you end up spelling a right word with your letters, you still get it right. Yes, if it's not the word that yes. was picked for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to spell uh, someone to your right actually makes your word. You mm -hmm. don't have to spell the exact word they oh, gave you. Okay. You just have to spell a word, and actually you get bonus. Uh, points for using like cards in the middle that can be extra at the end of the game. Like if someone got done with their word, they actually start working on letters that become like bonus letters in the middle. It's oh. it's kind of it like I say it doesn't sound amazing on paper, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, it's 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 a really good game. It kind of really surprised me. Maybe it's my favorite game of all time, of party game of yeah. all time, uh, not favorite game of all time, but like right. like, kinda like word game, word game of all time yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, I played a couple of games. Uh, I played Campy Creatures, which is just like um, like you're just action selection game. You're all picking an action at the same time. You all have the same like monsters in your hand, and then you just like execute them from like uh, like highest monster, lowest monster. It's really just like fun. It's kind of stupid, and it like like almost doesn't work for me. But it's like fast enough and dumb uh -huh. enough to where it's like, and I like the theme a lot. I'm wondering if the theme comes through at all, but it's like almost like Six Nymphs style, except like a little more interesting as far as like theme goes and what's happening, but it's like very heavy, kind of take that. So um, 
these are kind of games that I've been playing like around the Halloween season mm-hmm. to try to, you know, fit in my the love of horror and the love of board games, which I'll get to in a little bit because yeah. sometimes it doesn't work out. Um, also played Dead Man's Cabal, which uh-huh. uh, we all played it. Yeah. Theme is like is cool. You're like necromancers that aren't popular because maybe you're like stink like dead bodies. Uh, But you're trying to throw a party, but you have no friends, so you're all like in a friendly competition to uh, raise the dead for your party. Um, It's really like an abstract game, is what Mm -hmm. I felt like. Yeah, it's very abstract. You're like pulling skulls out of a bag and then pushing them on this thing, and then that's going to push out a skull to give to you, and then you will use a skull and whatever color skull you use is what action you're using but really it's like set collection it's like resource management that yeah. I would say is mixed in yeah. there yeah. card drafting it's kind of a mashup actually the recipe fulfillment if you think about that right, like where right. you actually like score points that's yeah. all about collecting the right colors then it's um, e- yeah my my issue with it is that it is very much like an abstract game mm-hmm without perfect information with randomness uh-huh and and with like uh abstract game being more than two you always run into that problem of just like things happening where you just can't control at all or can't block um it's fun enough to where i would play it a couple more times but it really was kind of disappointing to me personally i think the theme in that game comes solely through the art yeah for sure, and the components. Like you could be like doing just about anything. There's bones and skulls as components. The cards are cool. They have like dead celebrities and famous people mm-hmm. on them. Um, I didn't. I don't know if I like the scoring so much because it's an area majority thing happening, and if you don't get on that, you're just not scoring. I mean, if you don't get on any of that, you're only scoring, I guess, cards. But that's not going to be enough. Yeah. What did you think about it? Uh, it's kind of, well, kind of a difficult game to talk about for me because it's got the right ingredients. They're just kind of like not mixed very well in a yeah. way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, spoiler, it might be kind of like Abomination, actually. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It has, like I say, it has the right ingredients. It has like really cool fancy elements with like mashups of like recipe fulfillment, like card drafting. Uh, collecting the right things, action selection. You're trying to like set up these action things that work well for you, but not for others, because um, everyone kind of re- kind of follows your action. Actually, it's kind of like a sci-fi game, like Trace uh, for the Galaxy or something, or Puerto Rico or something. Um, I don't know. The art kind of actually didn't work for me so much. The art is okay. I wasn't overly excited. The cards actually like are kind of monochrome. They don't really have too many colors. I think. Yeah. yeah. Which I... Looks like more like a sketch yeah. almost. Yeah, it was almost like sketches, uh, which is fine. I guess that's just the art style that they're going for. It was just... I feel like the card's style didn't match the board style, and that was kind of weird. Um, I don't know. It's it's a fine game. I didn't dislike it, but I just didn't like it so much. That's yeah, yeah. That, that's how I yeah. feel too. Like it was just okay, maybe a little boring, maybe a little yeah. not yeah. very interesting. And I think maybe if it was shorter, it yeah, would be a definitely. little bit better. I'm trying to see what it clocked in as on my phone here on my log. Let's see, it's like an hour. I guess that's not that long. Well, one of the games took an hour and a half. If, yeah. I think if it takes more than an hour, it's just like not worth playing. I, 
I feel yeah. like it has kind of luck in too many places, maybe, for what it's trying to do. It's trying to be like a cool, clever game with interlocking mechanisms, but like the luck is just kind of like, well, whatever, you know? Yeah. I just kind of deal with whatever I get. And I kind of like those games that have a lot of luck to be maybe simpler, shorter, and not, not as serious. Not as Co- pretending to be so serious. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, did you like it, Matt? Did I didn't get a chance. To oh, you didn't actually. play it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I liked it okay, but yeah, I mean, it's all the same things. Normally, I really like games that have like the different mini games that you're playing. Yeah. I just I don't know. None of the mini the games, games really really grabbed that, me. They yeah. weren't that really yeah. that interesting, the, the, and the, they're the all like are not interesting. they're all central the towards to me, like some reason in game scoring. Yeah, um, it's actually the reverse of what you're talking about with Letter Jam for me. Is when I read the rules, I go, "Oh, this sounds actually really cool." But then in practice, it's like it's not that cool. So like on paper, it <laughs> <Yeah>. sounds good, <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah. So that was games that we've played. Yeah. So up next, we will get into Abomination: Heir to Frankenstein. All right, so Abomination, Hair to Frankenstein, is a worker placement game for two to four players. The theme is takes place 20 years after the Mary Shelley's novel takes place. Victor Frankenstein is now dead, but his creature lives on, and he's recruited some scientists and other shady characters to do what Frankenstein was not able to do and make him a companion. Uh, so in the game, you're using... Um, Worker placement spots to either dig up bodies at the cemetery or, I guess, steal bodies from the hospital and the morgue, and sometimes recruiting scoundrels to do those kind of deeds for you, but essentially what you're doing with those bodies is taking body parts that are represented by different colored cubes. Mm -hmm. It's like muscle. Is it muscle? Yes. Muscle, organs. Muscle, organs, blood, blood, bones. Yeah. And uh, they're going on a board which will, like, decompose from round to round. But you can get, like, ice blocks to, like, make them last a bit longer. And it's basically recipe fulfillment. And you have a card that tells you how you can make a head, how you can make an arm, a leg, a torso. Uh, Start one of those using, like, bones and, and organs and muscle. And then on the flip side of it, you can flip over something that you've already created to complete a body part using... Uh, blood. That's when you use yeah. blood and muscle and stuff. And then you shock it alive by throwing switch and throwing dice and trying to make them alive. And the game ends when either... Uh, what's his name? Uh, the captain. Captain Walton, I think. Walton. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Reaches 12 rounds or somebody has completed uh, a body by making every single body part alive. So that's the game in a nutshell. Let's talk about expectations for this game because my expectations were actually really high. I'd been waiting for this game for a long time. I've been looking for a serious horror game that was also mm-hmm. Euro, so like took itself seriously. Um, we don't have a lot of games like that. Like we were making our when I was making my top three favorite horror games, it was really hard for me to do, even though that's like my favorite genre. <coughs> in, yeah, you know because I, for whatever was, reason, I had the same thing. Yeah, luck infused. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess they're trying to induce. Uh, they're trying to include more thematic ties that way. Yeah. And so, like, I'm wondering if the that I want a serious horror Euro game, I'm wondering if I'm ever going to get it, because mm-hmm. for it to have any kind of thematic ties to it, 
designers think they have to put luck into it. Yeah. But my expectations were really high because this seemed like the game. You know, this mm -hmm. like, and then I found out that there's dice rolling. I was a little worried about it, but then there is talks of mitigation against the dice. But there wasn't much talk about some of my main problems. But uh, yeah. your guys' expectations? I didn't really have any expectations. I know Brandon told me about uh, waiting for Abomination a couple of months ago. That's actually the first time I, I heard about it. Um, it wasn't published by a big publisher, I mean, they're kind of not unknown, I guess. It's not like a completely new publisher, but it's not I just kind of didn't yeah. really know what to expect at all. Brandon was saying it's like a Euro game, so I was like, wow, that's actually really fascinating, like a horror Euro game. Like, I wonder if it's actually going to happen. And yeah, same thing as Brandon. When I read the rules, I was like, wow, that actually sounds, sounds pretty cool. Um, I looked at some images as well. I was like, wow, this actually does look like a Euro game. So I was kind yeah. of expecting kind of like a serious Euro game uh, going in you know, pretty thinky, kind of lots of interlocking things, resource management, that kind of stuff. I, I saw a lot of cubes, actually. That's, that's yeah. what I was seeing on the pictures. I was like, wow, this game has cubes. And cards. That's, that's yeah. very unusual for a horror game, actually, to have cubes, I think, if you think about it. So, yeah, yeah. That, that's basically what I was expecting if we're talking about the expectations. It's kind of like a yeah. more serious game, surprisingly. My my expectations are about the same. Um, I think I heard about it first as we were looking at the um, Gen Con releases because it was yeah. on that list. Um, and I, yeah, it, kind of the same idea. I was really excited for a game that would be a horror game that kind of fit into that worker placement Euro-y mode that wasn't just luck. I thought it was going to be like Eldritch Horror or some game with like blood in the title. I view these games with much skepticism like we already talked about. They're usually very luck infused no matter what they advertise themselves as. I was like, I'll believe it when I see it. Ah. <laughs> so now we can talk about our actual opinions about it because I think yeah, you actually nailed it as far as expectations yeah. go. Because Christo and I were talking about it yesterday after we played and, we're, and I was like, who does this appeal to? Yeah. Because the game does have luck, and you know what? The dice don't bother me because no. you can mitigate the dice. And there's actually a couple of variants to where you could use laden jars to turn over, charge laden jars to re-roll dice. Mm -hmm. That's all fine. What bothers me is the randomness of the cards. Yeah. Yes. It has, like, a lot of randomness with the cards, and it could really... And they infuse this storyline in it, which I didn't realize until I read the rules where there's story aspects. So there's events that happen every round. So you read a, an event and it will charge laden jars. He'll make executions happen where you have really fresh, nice bodies to choose from, but only two are coming out in a four-player game. Mm -hmm. So it's a rush to those bodies. And um, also there's events that could trigger on locations, which is funny. When we played with Jonathan, he found every single location. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> um, and those could really, like, make you cuss out loud. Mm -hmm. B because of, like, you go to a thing, you have a plan to take some things, and then it's like, no, you don't. This is what happens to you instead. <laughs> and basically, Jonathan was like, oh, that's great. Uh, basically, it, it it has a skip skip your turn mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, <laughs> like, what year are we in? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, that's actually one thing that the game does not do very well, I feel like, is uh, luck. Uh, 
when I hear of a Euro game and it has worker placements, like it's kind of weird that basically every space kind of does a different thing every time, if you think about it, actually. Yeah. Um, if you go to, there's a place where you can get bodies, it, you get different bodies every time, and you actually don't know what you're getting, which is hilarious. Like, you just, like, flip three cards off the top the of the cemetery, deck. cemetery, yeah. yeah. the cemetery, mm-hmm. and you might get what you're looking for, or you might get something that's, like, completely useless. So it does have that element that Brandon was talking about, where, like, you might go to a space and, like, actually end up with, like, not what you were looking for. There are some worker placement spaces which don't change, uh, but uh, my problem with those is they're not very, like, exciting in a way. They're just kind of like, well, you go up to on this track, yay. Yeah. And it's like a very slow. If I do it four game. more times, I'll get to seven, and yeah. I'll unlock my next worker. Yeah, that yeah. Was my five, first three rounds. If, if you do it f- four, four yeah. times over five rounds, <laughs> you will get to what you were looking for, like very, very, very yeah. slowly. And the exciting things are on cards, and the cards change drastically from one turn to the next. Like you might get a card flip from the person before you, which is exactly what you're looking for, or it might be your turn, and there's like cards that are not good for you and the cards are actually the more like interesting things in the game Mm -hmm. for me which are quite random and actually i don't know i kind of question the design there's a the hospital space and there's like a morgue or whatever where again you can get bodies with uh um with materials you can see the top cards but you can't see the next card and usually you're getting like two cards and like why not just spread out the four cards or like the three next cards or something and like let you know yeah yeah, let you know what you're getting it's kind of like super awkward like there's space on the board there's like it's just like weird like well just put the top card on top and you don't know what you're getting afterwards and then the game has like well you need to get these like very specific numbers of things to make body parts and like if you don't get this specific number with this specific freshness in this specific time you get kind of like a point penalty and like whose fault was that was it actually mine because it didn't plan well or was it like the three cars that randomly flipped Mm -hmm. in my face i don't know it's just like there's uh, there's like very it's kind of disconnected in a way to Brandon's point I'm not sure who this game is going for uh, I think that the Euro people will think it's too random I think the story people that like stories and thematic games are going to think it's too Euro actually like yeah. Too, yeah. Much, yeah. Like, too much cube pushing too and much population and the story is like not that great like I'm yeah. not even interested yeah. in the stories except for like let me hear the story so I can assess the situation. Like, is it best to follow this person or or stay away? Like, that's yeah. the only reason why I want to hear the stories. I don't think... I'm not saying that they're not written well. They're just kind of boring. Well, and you kind of never know because they... It feels like they tried to implement the crossroads mechanic from Dead of Winter. Which remember? is yes. the same publisher. Yes. Yeah, it's the yes. same yeah. publisher. Yeah. But it, that's it, it feels, feels like. like they tried to implement that. But in the crossroads mechanic, like if I remember right, I haven't played Dead of Winter in forever, but there's like a wall of text on that card that you read. And so you're given a ton of information on like, what are you, you know, you have to make this decision and you're given a whole bunch of information. In this, it's like, you meet the captain. Do you follow him or do you threaten his wife? And it's like... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Like I haven't I don't have any information. Yeah. I don't know you know if the captain's going to help me out or if he's not. I don't know anything. Yes. The cards kind of don't warn you and actually Jonathan's event yesterday was like you meet a woman, do you follow her or do you like she's asking for help? Do you help do you her? You help her. Or not? Yeah, and up. if you help her you get mugged. So it's mm-hmm. like 
like I don't know. I was like, okay, yeah. that's fun thematically, but yeah. like, is this a Euro game or is this like some kind of a choose your own adventure weirdness? With it's right. supposed to be very precise, short term tactics <laughs> recipe fulfillment where you're top decking cards, which yeah. is unfortunate. All this is unfortunate because the aging of the dif different body parts was really cool. Uh -huh. You know, yeah. like blood goes bad before organs and stuff, and organs yeah. could be used in different parts. Um, the mad scientist element where you're rolling dice and sending electricity through the body, and it's either going to fry it or enliven it is awesome. Yeah, it works, right? Yeah. Yeah. Variants. I, th I think this game is thematic as heck. Like, I can see the theme, like, suffused throughout this game. I get it. Yeah. But I think this is the perfect game that illustrates that that Euro gaming dilemma of do I want theme or do I want, you know, gameplay. Yeah, maybe you can't have both. Um, I disagree. You just have to have control. But I was going to say, we've been kind of trashing the game, but I think one thing that it does very well is theme, art, graphic design. Yeah. Like, uh, the art is really good. The bodies look very, like, oh, gruesome. Oh, yeah, it's graphic. The body yeah. parts are really cool. Um, your cards are really well drawn. The rule book is really awesome. There's, like, no problems with icons on the board. The icons are very clear. It's the very board clear. is really nice looking, yeah. too. The board is really yeah. nice looking. There's plenty of space. Uh, you can tell the space is what they do very yeah. easily. The icons are like really well laid out and they're actually kind of very simple and straightforward, straightforward which helps. Mm -hmm. But there's like, that's the good part of the game is the theme, uh, yeah. the art and the graphic design and um, component quality rule book, that kind of stuff. They got that very right. Mm -hmm. it, the, the mechanics are kind of an issue. But yeah, the yeah. art is awesome. The story, the now in a Euro game like this, it just feels like this pause uh -huh. you know like you're thinking you're doing things and then all of a sudden you have to pause and it, ta it takes me out of the 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 mechanics of the game like where i'm like trying to think and and strategize and then now all of a sudden there's like a story thrown into place and it just feels like we're like pausing yeah. for like no reason like i'm not feeling like like even though the game does have theme woven into it I'm I'm still playing a game. I'm still very aware that I'm playing a game, and then now I'm like thrown into a story element where I'm like have to like wait. Like it's like I, the player's turn just got longer. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, I, I think you're supposed to get into it and enjoy it. Like I can't actually think of above and below and near and far and dead of winter where the story's actually kind of worked for some reason. Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering like why doesn't it work in Frankenstein? Maybe like you say, it's not written in a way that fits with the game or something like it's maybe you're expecting more like a euro story or yeah. something or i don't know like like some kind of a euro choice of like converting resources or something like that that's more clear like it just kind of thematically doesn't mm. fit or something it's we weird though because the protagonist who yeah, cares it, about the monster yeah it it's weird mm -hmm. it's weird that yeah the protagonist like i kind of don't care well, this it's, yeah maybe that's just a problem with me but it's weird that it works very well i really like the stories in near and far and above and below and dead of winter and those things like do make you pause the game and read the weird story and there's a decision but they work there for some reason I don't That's know true. why they don't work in this game it's, it's just strange it's, it's yeah I think the big thing like the big difference between like I keep going back to Dead of Winter because it just fits for me for some reason like they I can compare them like the reason the storyline in Dead of Winter works is A everything in Dead of Winter is random mm. like 
you roll dice to decide if you get bit. You roll dice to decide if that bite spreads. You roll dice to decide if you can actually get from one place to the other. You draw cards off the top once you get to that place, and you might get what you need and you might not. So, like, when a card comes up and it says, oh, this guy shows up, do you let him in or do you not? And then, like, you know, oh, we're eating this guy because we're starving. I don't know. Um <laughs> Like, it just kind of works because it's just random. And it's kind of like a storyline that you put together as, like, your group. It's, it's co-op, It's too. co-op, yeah. yeah. And so, like... So, like, if one person gets hurt, we all kind of get hurt. Yeah. Whereas, like, when you get hurt in Abomination, you're alone. And, yeah. like, like Jonathan was, like, felt like... I mean, he did get his turn skipped, essentially, yeah. from, the, from the location trigger. Yeah. The funny thing is, he did win the game, but I mean, but that's still, just all, that's all, of our, all of our mistakes uh, put together. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, like, if you get your turn skipped, it feels bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, so in Dead of Winter, you have the characters that you're playing, right? You have your little crew that you put together, but really, the people that are making the decisions are the people in the are you. You're mm-hmm. playing. You're making the decisions. So the storyline you put together is something that's like built over time. Whereas the, the and the storyline just kind of doesn't mesh together. Yeah, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, yeah it's, I don't know. It's the just story's like, random too, in it. Yeah. yeah, it's just like actually, I think it's because it's kind of a c- c- competitive game, and if you care about the competition, then you're just kind of like, oh, it's just like frustration from like the unknown of what you might get out of this or not. Right. Uh, to your point, Justine, that Dead of Winter is co-op, but we were actually talk- talking about yesterday, what if Abomination was actually a co-op game where, like, there was a one body in the middle and all of us were trying to, like, reanimate yeah. it. And it'd be more, like, kind of like a thematic, like, Arkham Horror kind of an experience, which actually might work better for, like, yeah. the mm-hmm. game altogether. I think it's a pretty interesting idea, too. Which might... This might be the ga- a game for those types of people. Yeah. Like, uh... I don't mean to, like sound like I'm like saying you those types yeah, of people <laughs> <laughs> but like Arkham Horror the like LCG or like Arkham Horror the board game like they might like this type of fans of that might like this yeah. game now you guys can tell me about the shorter variant but the variant I played probably went on too long I peaked three turns early I thought it was going to end sooner but we just have to wait 12 whole rounds and it's kind of exhausting because there's kind of some of that power grid Calculation, calculation, calculation. I need four blue, two red, and two brown cubes to get six points, or something else is something else to get eight, you know? You're doing that constantly through the game, and it kind of wore out its welcome for me. Um, I wanted somebody to finish his body or something, and maybe finishing your body should be a win condition. It didn't seem like they gave them enough points. You're doing all these calculations for body part points. And I thought maybe that wasn't the best way to score points even. Like, if you reanimate your monster in a game like this, that should be the victory condition. That should be shooting at the mechanism. Yeah, I reanimated my body and I did win. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, and it's kind (laughs) of difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, is that you can... The thing... Why I don't think it's a good way to win the game is because you could just make trashy parts the whole time not be scoring a lot of points and then rush it and then have your body complete Um, but uh, the recipe fulfillment like Risto and I were talking about after this last game we played of it was like when you're first playing the game in your very first game in the first few rounds you're like doing that calculation like okay I need three and four and two okay but who cares because you don't know if you're going to get that you can't yeah. go to a spot and get all those things yeah. you don't know what cards they, like okay there's a card 
right on top of that deck where I has some of my stuff, so I'll get that, and then somebody goes there and it changes, and now I have to pay you to bump, and then I have to, then I pull, it's so random, so like, what we were saying is like, we don't care, we just get a bunch of parts, and exactly. then figure it out later. And that's kind of like, strategy, what can friend. I do with the yeah. parts I have? Yeah, yeah. exactly. The, the you just like, get any parts that you, just, that you can, and then at the end of the round, there's a there's a lab phase, and that's when you build monster parts, uh-huh. and you just kind of like go, okay, I'll build this, and I'll build this. Yeah, that's by the mid game. In the beginning of the game, you don't have brain enough. You're not smart enough to make anything but arms, since you need those. And oh yeah, we for should. a little bit you have just arms and legs, and so for the first probably six turns, you don't have the luxury of make what I can. It's either <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's uh, true. We should mention there's dials. There's three dials on your on your uh, personal board which is expertise, which is like brains, and then there's uh, reputation and humanity. And I like that aspect of it too, where you're pushing these dials up and it's kind of like almost engine building, kind of, uh, you're just getting stuff, almost like tableau building. But you're just like getting stuff when you push it far enough, you, yeah. you get like, humanity gets up and you get to push reputation. And then if you push reputation, you get like more workers and, and so forth. And you earn the right to get certain um, body parts, as Matt said, and uh, other parts of the board work better for you when you get, like, reputation up. I want to talk about those dials there. For me, they're just, like, not interesting enough, unfortunately. I was actually thinking, like, how do other games make them more interesting? I feel like the dials are more like, I need to reach seven to be able to do this. Other games, I think you start doing like different things or more powerful things the higher yeah, you go up on dials. True. Or like oh, the yeah. dials are linked to something. Mm-hmm. And this game is just kind of like a Bonuses. hurdle. Oh, you just yeah. need to like get to this thing so you can continue with your game. Yeah. Like it's just kind of like that's. They're interesting, yes. One of them is linked to the other, and the third one is by itself, mm-hmm. and it just kind of prevents you from building body parts. Right. So you're just kind of like, well, I gotta fix that by just getting to number X, yeah. so I can yeah. just continue my game, which I wanted to from the beginning. And there's so you spend five rounds doing that, which is not like super exciting design. No, it's I not. feel like yeah. it should have been like the dial should have been more interesting somehow. They should have let you like do something cooler on the board, or like maybe the card needed to have different options depending on like the, how high you're on a dial so you can do something cooler with cards you pick up or something. I don't know. Oh, I mean, yeah. Or yeah. something different. Right. Like the dials are just like you need to get to X so you can build Y. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Just not not complex enough, not interesting enough. They have uh, they have in-game points too on them which Risto basically won our first the, game, the first yeah. game yeah. because yeah. the dials were pushed up all the way and he didn't have and Justine completed her entire creature, yeah, and we still like it. won by a lot, yeah. yeah, just from dials. To Matt's point, though, I want to talk about the variants. Uh, the variants are okay. Actually, we had a pretty rushy game yesterday with Brandon. We played with kind of a weird variant where yeah. like, we were using the re-rolls. we kind of Frankenstein the variants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were using the rerolls from the variant, uh, but we played the full twelve rounds, or at least we mm-hmm. went for playing the full twelve rounds. The game actually ended up being like eight rounds or something. Oh, wow. It was eight rounds, two hours. Um, I should say our first game, just playing just box game, like base game, was three hours. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, we kind of rushed it with Jonathan, and Brandon didn't rush it, and we actually were pretty far ahead from Brandon. I don't know if it, yeah. that's, that's what, why, but 
Uh, I feel like if someone does rush the body, it's actually like a decent idea to win the game, but you can't mm -hmm. just do that. You have to push the dials yeah. up yeah. a little bit. So it's a valid strategy, but I mean, like, it's such a slow development. Speaking of which, the game is, like, too long as well, I think, for what it is. It's like uh, two hours and a half, three hours-ish. Uh, but the variants, the variants, like, don't really address the things that I care about the most. They address some things, but they fix, like, 10% of the game, you know? Mm -hmm. They fix the dice rolling or whatever. And, like, I don't care if the game's, like, four rounds shorter. It's not that big of a deal to me, the four rounds shortening of the game. That's basically what they do is, like, four rounds shorter. You just, like, skip four you rounds. You skip rounds, but what uh, we didn't play with, that. which I wish we would have played with, was the executions don't happen from events. They happen on the rounds that you skip. So they just oh, automatically okay. happen. You know when they're happening. And because we didn't have one single execution in our oh, last yeah. game we played. Huh. That's another variant. And in the first game we played, we had two executions, but I stopped one yeah. because of a card. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the variants are fine. They improve the game, I think. Although I wouldn't really skip the four rounds. It's kind of a weird... Yeah. Uh, but... They don't really address the other things we talked about. Like, they don't make the cards not random, you know? They don't make the battles interesting. So, like, the, a variant can only go so far, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. The humanity cards that come out, there's these cards that come out that will give you humanity, but you take them as a worker placement, and you wait for something to happen. Either oh, another yeah, player yeah. to do something or an event to happen <laughs> to be able to play them. And that's actually both cards. Some of the other cards, the reputation cards... You could just play and get stuff, which is fine, but the other cards, like, having to wait for something to maybe happen yeah. is yeah. really bad. I've, I've actually had that two two games now, and, it like, one game was, like, uh, the creature visiting me. Mm. The, the card would happen if the creature visited me. The other one was if someone had, like, two research cards, and they never happened the entire game. Yeah. So I kind of, like, when I see those cards, I just kind of, like, <laughs> I kind of ignored them. In our last yeah. game, I was like, this is one. never going to happen, yeah. so yeah. I'll just yeah. not get this card, which is, like, really bad, because, like, you have no control. Like, what's, like... Wait. Uh, anyway. So the creature visited you. So I've only played this game once. To get the creature to visit you, you have to trigger an event uh -huh. at the thing, and then you have to hope that it's the creature and not Captain Walton that's visiting. Or yes. some random other person. Or, or some or, random or other the person. first player has to choose you as a target. Which they never oh do. They always choose themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah, a card crazy. which is like, when the creature visits you, you get two humanity or something. Yeah. Whatever. Oh. You ignored the encounter and you have two, two we humanity. We ignored the humanity deck the entire game last time. Nobody got any humanity. Or a trigger. Or a trigger. You have to find the trigger like Jonathan yeah. did like five times yesterday. So, speaking of the um, the triggers and the cards and things, did we ever figure out how, like, because sometimes the triggers are, like, the last person to play a humanity card. The last <laughs> That's person. another thing, yeah. Like, you have to remember what you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of them are, like, what you're doing at the particular location. But, yes, a lot of them are, like, did you play this card? And you bottom deck all the cards you play. It's not yeah. like you have them in front or, of you, like or, you or, played them. Or did you go to this location in the previous round? Yeah. That's another. That's <laughs> Which, yeah. like, 
I don't always remember exactly what <laughs> yeah. I do or what card I play or what location <laughs> I go to. Yeah. I, so I thought like, that was just like the weirdest thing, actually. It's kind of an innovation, actually. No one has done this before. <laughs> I was like, well, wow, that's, reason. Yeah, that's, very, yeah. that's very interesting. Yeah, no, I, I kind of <laughs> don't want to trash it because it's very interesting. The, the thing is, like, yeah, sometimes you kind of have to remember what you do in that round to, like, know how to deal with the event next round. It's like, did you go here? Like, hmm, I don't know. Hopefully I remember where I went this, this Maybe round. that's an issue with us as, like, you know, Euro gamers is for us, I mean, I don't know, for me, like, I wasn't thinking about, oh, I'm going to the morgue. Oh, I'm going to the cemetery. I was thinking, like, oh, I'm going to get... What you're getting. I'm going right? to get three face-down yeah. cards. I'm going to get yeah. this set of organs. Um and so to me, like, when they're like, did you go to the cemetery last round? I'm like, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, wait, I guess I have a ton of bones here, so maybe I so did. probably. Yeah. You know, but maybe, maybe... we were playing the game wrong. Maybe we have to be like, okay, I'm going to the hospital. I'm sneaking in. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to steal these bodies. Yeah, maybe we need <laughs> yeah. to be more concerned I mean, about the story. Back like. to who is this game for? Is it for people that like math and calculating and like, am I going to get this many parts out of here? Or is it like, ooh, I don't care what I'm getting. I just, I'm just in for the story. Yeah. It's yeah. like this weird like am I in for the story or am I in for like the Euro game and there like um, as far as the story goes you're murdering with impunity you're grave robbing with impunity you're going to the hospital and stealing oh. bottles nothing bad's ever going to happen to you if you bribe a cop if you murder too many people you have to give a cop three dollars so yeah. I wish there was some thematic no, tie into some risk to some of this actually yeah. good, good point sorry I just w- want to talk about the game it's too easy to get money in the game, unfortunately. They've made yeah. a bumping mechanic where you have to pay like one dollar and I was like, wow, getting one dollar is probably like really difficult because you have to like really yeah. plan and like bump people and like and there's a location where basically like you go there and get twelve dollars. Yeah. And like yeah. you kinda don't worry have have to worry about money for the rest of the game. And to Matt's point, I mean the murdering thing, the bad thing is the humanity, because that actually costs you points. The three dollars yeah. is an absolute joke. Yeah. Like you just uh-huh. like I say, one time you go somewhere, you, you get twelve dollars and like you kinda don't have to like about money for the rest of the game which is yeah. just like really like just unbalanced in, in my opinion like it's just bad like it should be more difficult to get money if money is going to be important in the game and you shouldn't just allow people to, I don't know there's like yeah it, well also the cops like you get a badge on your character if you go and kill people they're on to you you get two, you just can't murder anybody anymore. Yeah, you could pay three and clear them, <laughs> or you just keep them on there the entire game and just not, not murder. murder. You murder yep. twice. Yep. <laughs> you lost six humanity. Do you even want to murder again? Because yeah. at the end of the game, those things, those badges don't do a thing to you. Yep. Yeah. So you've murdered and gotten like eight different, eight body parts of each type, just about. That are super fresh. Yeah, <laughs> and like, so like who cares about who, yeah. clearing yeah. them? Yeah. And yeah. Actually, I've never paid three bucks to clear my thing. I just... I murder twice a game at most, and I move on. Yeah, murder twice a game, buy some ice, and you're good. Yeah. You're golden, man. S- some spaces, I think, are just also kind of bad. To Brandon's point, maybe they're there to like for fail-saves. Like, there's a place where you can get four money with your like scientist, which is super valuable. That's usually used like once per game, if that. If and the other spots are taken yes, and the bumping thing is And you t- desperately need for yeah. money and there's like no other way, which is very rare. Yeah. So like um, the murder spot, actually, I think no one went there at all the entire game last night. Like no. I don't think a single no. person went there because you get kind of like this huge kind of point penalty and you actually can like pay money, which again is too too easy to get, I think. 
for someone else, I could a cutthroat to murder for you, which yeah. you get like slightly less, but it's definitely worth the not losing three humanity part. Or okay, so what about the asymmetrical start on your second play? Are you worried that the one who starts higher up on the dials is going to get the end game goals better, like no. you were the first time? No, I got uh, my reputation started at three, which seemed like good, but I came in last place. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, like in my my special ability, which was if I got kicked out of uh, a certain spot, um, I get reputation. I never got kicked out of that spot. Uh, I was kind of worried that that person that starts on two humanity might be overpowered or something. I think like kind of doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The powers are kind of inconsequential. The yeah. rest of the randomness and the crap that happens in the game kind of overwhelms any starting advantage you might have for okay. special powers for me at least. Like I kind of like don't care. Yeah. I I don't feel like the character like makes or breaks the game for me. It's kind of inconsequential. But much more consequential is like am I going to get the right parts when I flip that card to finish the part in that round? before everything like expires or goes to trash. I was worried when I bought the game and then you sent a link saying that the designer now has two separate variants that's not <laughs> included in the original rule book. Nope. That <laughs> always worries me. Yeah. I'm like, what? Why weren't they included in the rule book? Because people are playing and having complaints, yeah. right? Yes. And although I didn't play an official um, variant, I played like this, like, yeah, like Christo said, this mismatch of, because I was like, well, I like this aspect, and I like this aspect. Let's just use that. That should have just been in the ga- base game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I want to play both variants, and I kind of want to try to come up with the best variant on my own, which I think might, like, help the game. I don't think anything would, aside from, like, a whole redesign, but I still want to try it. But I think this game is on its way to being sold yeah. for me. Is there a variant that takes out the encounter deck? (laughs) (laughs) Like, the events are fine. The events, uh, whatever. But, like, the encounter deck is the one where it's, like, random. Right. And you might trigger something. I mean, you make the mix at the beginning. You can just choose all events. And then randomize them. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not just, like, They make you do, like, what is it, six and four or something? Yeah. Five and five, and then put, like, an event on top. Six and four, and then two random encounters on top. Yeah. So you can just you can just choose to do events. But, I mean, like, this is crazy. Like, we shouldn't be, like, fixing the game ourselves. We're not not designing for consumers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like house rules, personally. I don't like trying to fix a game because, like, Like, uh, I mean, then I have to like play test it myself. No, I know it's it's crazy. I was actually also thinking like, well, thematically, even it makes sense. Like, you should go to like the register of the recently buried people. So we should make like a a decomposition. Like, learn how to read a gravestone. So there's a there's (laughs) a hundred years ago. I know, like he was buried last week. Like you're not just like running around randomly in the graveyard. Uh, Yeah, going to the first one you see. (laughs) Yeah. So we can make like a decomposition deck where like there's a deck of bones, there's a deck of four, there's a deck of three, and you can like choose what mix you want. Yeah. That's another yeah. idea. Yeah. And it's thematic, like you can ask who was most recently buried or something. And if you yeah. go to the hospital, like again, like I mean, maybe you're trying to be fast in and out, but you could probably like look in a few different rooms, right? Not mm-hmm. just go to the first yeah. room. But I, mean, guy. Yeah. but I mean you it, should be able to dig through decks. But I mean yeah. this is going to like 
fixing the game ourselves yeah. and yeah. like designing our own game almost with the components and like that shouldn't happen like the yeah. game should just have those things to begin with I know if we're going into that much work why not re-theme <laughs> it and then sell it <laughs> right exactly <laughs> and I'm not trying to be a game yeah. board designer like could you see yourself playing this game in April I think if you were going to keep it wouldn't you just play it like once or twice in October and then wait a year I mean that's basically what I do with horror games mm -hmm. Not because I don't like horror, because I don't like horror games. But yeah. around October, I make an exception because uh -huh. I, I kind of need that fix, you yeah. know. I, yeah. I want to, like I said, I want to combine my passions together. So if it were a good horror game, yes, I would play it throughout the year. But, uh, yeah, I might, like, not try the variants at all until next year around Halloween. And yeah. Go, oh, yeah, I, I don't like this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that... <laughs> Yeah. I, mean, I think that's kind of the same thing. Like, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about it later because it's so on my list. All thumbs down. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm thumbs down. But kudos to them for trying to do a exactly. really serious horror yeah. game. No, I was gonna say thumbs down. Unfortunately, however, uh, I appreciate the. Uh, uh, just publishing a game like this with kind of like trying to do a Euro game with like really gory stuff. I mean like you were harvesting like animal parts and putting them into like human body parts yeah. and reanimating them. It's yeah. really cool. The theme is really awesome. I appreciate the effort. Unfortunately, the mechanics didn't really quite mesh together this yeah. time, but I really like the effort. Yep. So yeah, exactly. Thumbs yeah. down, but keep trying, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs down. Anything else you want to yeah, add, Matt? No. Matt is just like yeah. full thumbs, thumbs down. down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, board gaming is like a family-friendly thing, usually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah. like, I want to give the publisher and designer, like, credit for yeah. not being safe. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's not many games that come out that are, like, R-rated, and I feel mm -hmm. like this game is definitely R-rated. Yeah. People's heads are, like, cut off. Yeah. 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 And yeah. They're mutilated. And yeah. Yeah. And you're um, sending the dog catcher out, and it comes back with animal parts yep. yeah. that you then and, and it's very realistic. The art, again, is awesome. So that aspect of it is just super cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wish it was better mechanically. Our yeah. consensus are bad, but I've heard other people like it. They've, it's gotten some mixed reviews. So I, w I would just say try before you buy it. Yeah, definitely. All right, so now we're moving on to a board game pitch. Are we going to pitch it to Jacob, see which one he buys when he comes back? Yeah. <laughs> buys what the movie? Well, it's a movie. Oh, room, right? yeah, like yeah, he's an executive producer. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. going to, got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we don't have a order of things because no, usually we, don't, we have a topic here. Talk. So who's gonna go first? I can go first. All right. This was Justine's awesome idea. Yeah. I think it's a cool idea. So we're what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a a non horror board game um, and pitch it like it's a horror movie. Yes. Right? Uh -huh. Did I get it right? Okay. Okay. So um, I. Don't know how to do movie pitches. I'm sure Brandon's pitch is going to be better than mine, just because you've done movie pitches before, right? I have, actually. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm going to be bad at this as okay. well. Okay, so, so um, my board game that I picked was Fresco. And now Fresco is an older game, but the, the idea of it is that you're painting the, the ceiling of a chapel. 
and you have to you decide when to wake up and then you're, that's going to tell the order of when you do things. Um, you're you can sleep in, in the game? You can I've, sleep I haven't in. played for a yeah. 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 And actually, uh, you get, you're happier if you sleep in. You're happier right? if you yeah. sleep yeah. in, yeah. but you get worse paints. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome. There's a, like, happiness satisfaction or something. And there's, or something. yeah. And so you, like, you mix, like, red and blue to get different, you know, you're getting different colors. It's, it's a pretty cool game. So my idea for turning it into a horror movie would be um, having it centered on a main character who is an artist in, I mean, wherever we can have it be, in, like, Renaissance Italy, because I think it would be cool to have something, a horror movie set, you know, in the Renaissance Italy era. And he is trying to paint, like, the perfect painting, and he wants the perfect, um, the perfect hues of color the perfect colors and so he keeps trying to mix different paints to get the perfect mix of colors and he's just not finding it until eventually he starts noticing like different people's like eye colors have different pigments Mm -hmm. and so like he finds the blue that he wants for the sky in some girls like eye color um, so he murders her and takes her eyes <laughs> and the pigment for her eyes. Um, and he finds out that the red of blood is the perfect color. Um, and I haven't fully fleshed all of this out, obviously. But he starts using like human body parts in order to make his pigments and his paint. And so all the way through the movie, you're seeing him paint. And it looks like this beautiful canvas, this beautiful fresco. And, you know, he's like the crazy guy. He's very into his work. But the last scene is um, the cops show up because they finally figured out who it is who's killing all of these people. And it's him sitting in his studio. And the camera pans around to the the artwork. And it's just this really gory mismatch of, like, Oh, it doesn't even look good. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. And it's like, and I mean, it would be really, it would have to be rated R, but he's just completely crazy. So the whole movie, you're seeing him build, paint this beautiful canvas. And we're seeing it from his POV, Uh so it looks like all beautiful, but then really he's just crazy. And at the end, it's just this awful, nasty, just mishmash of like blood, guts, entrails. That'd be like, that's such a perfect like Tales from the Crypt episode. Right? (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. That's good. Sweet. All right. Uh, mine's on the board game Rococo. Uh, in it, there are three different kinds of cards you play. There's the masters, who are old and really good at making dresses. The next step down is the apprentices. They're kind of medium, middle of the road. And then our protagonist, which is the, the kid cards, you know. Uh, they all have an ability. So our protagonist can go to the market twice. He's that card, you know. He can get cloth twice. Um, anyway, so what's his life like? He goes to the market and gets cloth, comes back, and the journeyman is just all over his ass, like, go back, the prices are cheaper, get me more. And so his day is just miserable. The journeyman's riding his ass, all he does is go to the market all day to get cloth. Um, Until one day, he accidentally goes into the wrong room and he meets the master, and the master is finally nice to him. He's like, oh, hi. And he meets the lady on the front of the thing, and they're so nice, and he starts eating dinner with them, and then so the journeyman doesn't have time to send him to the market all day. Uh, All of his friends are getting fired and deputized and getting yelled at, which is a thing that happens in the game. 
and he also learns that there's going to be a fireworks show at the end because that happens in the game. And he's looking forward to the fireworks show and he's just wishing he could go to it and wishing he can go to it. And the journeyman's like, no, you'll never go to the fireworks show. Go to the market. Uh, anyway, so eventually the old guy tells him, guess what? I have a surprise for you. You can see the fireworks. And he's so pumped about it. Um, and so he goes to the first floor of the ball that he's been designing the dresses for, right? And it's just people like on the front of the cover and they're maybe dancing or something. But then he goes up to the second level and now they have masks on. He goes up to the third level and everyone's like naked, you know, because our horror movies always have gratuitous nudity. <laughs> <laughs> so it's getting all eyes wide shutty and he's like, dude, I want to go home. And then that's when the master turns on him and he's like, you ungrateful little... The fireworks are so we can't hear your screams. Uh. So he goes to the roof. And everyone's just quiet and staring at him. But then the journeyman runs and tackles him and jumps off the roof. And what was all the extra cloth for? He made a glider. And they splash down in the fountain. Everyone lives. Yay. Nice. That's the worst ending to a horror movie ever. What do you mean everyone it's American. lives? <laughs> it's American. That's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, uh, my pitch is on Pulsar twenty eight forty nine. Actually, Ooh, I, I like, like it. I kind of like uh, sci fi horror. It's not very popular on Halloween, but I was actually going to talk about that with like top games. Maybe how I selected. Um, anyway, um, I think the idea of capturing energy from pulsars is kind of ridiculous, actually. So what I wanted to focus is more like on uh, there's like the easier ways to make energy, probably, or just like capture the nightmare that is the tech tree. Capture it from yeah. the sun or whatever. No, 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 no. no. Uh, teleportation and like colonizing distant planets or something. Okay. So anyway, chapter one. There's like three chapters, I guess. Chapter one, we figured out uh, three out acts, maybe acts or something. Mm -hmm. Chapter whatever, like kind of parts. Uh, first act, we figured out how to travel through uh, five-dimensional space. Uh, you can think of it as like um, a line of people. That's like our 3D space. Uh -huh. And five, like in two other dimensions, you can kind of like go outside and go to like the front of the line, kind of in a straight line. So it's a little bit faster, but it's not that fast. You still have to like spend 10 years to go to like the nearest star or something. So like it takes a long time and we haven't quite figured out, figured out how to communicate um, through like this kind of like five dimensional space. So there's like a delay. I kind of want to explore like the isolation, the feeling of like oh, isolation. Like that's it. that's actually the, the stuff I like uh, a lot. So we send out a mission to colonize a planet which we've previously explored over like 20 years you know we've sent some robot and he's come back through um, five-dimensional space um, and uh, we can't actually make sense of it as we travel through it it's kind of like noise in our heads so you have to like put people out or put them to sleep or something because it just kind of like is like 20 years of like noise or something to get to somewhere so, so the first ship goes out, and we um, get word that some people have just disappeared. Like, the ship arrives, and there's, like, out of, like, 5,000 people or something, there's, like, 500 people missing. And, like, no one knows why. So From the ships? Yeah. Okay. They just, like, arrive, and oh, you get cool. news back that people are just, like, not there. Huh. So you're just, like... We, like, we just don't know what to make sense of it. It's just, uh, yeah. just kind of, like... 
uh, I don't know, who knows what happened. Mm -hmm. And then, like, uh, the colony kind of gets started somewhere. We're colonizing a planet or something. That's Okay, uh, Act 2, uh, we've colonized several planets, and uh, people have gone missing, and we still can't, can't figure out why, so we just kind of keep sending ships out, and people have gone missing. And then we get, like, this video back uh, with, like, a several like decades delay because there's mm -hmm. no communication and you have to still travel like through yeah. 5d space um of these like weird like shapes uh that are like just like chaotic just kind of like uh destroying people or maybe actually i was thinking uh we stop getting messages from a colony and you send out the ship and there's just destruction there and there's like explosions everywhere but there's like no people so the people have so you don't know what's what's happening yeah. at all so that's kind of act two is kind of like that and act three is like invasion basically like the uh so it turns out there's like beings from another dimension or something which have figured out that we're traveling through like their dimension so they're like invading kind of our dimension and we kind of can't really see them or make sense of them very well mm -hmm. so there's these like chaotic like black shapes that just like blast things and like just like oh, take people's cool. like body parts off and just kind of like you can and they they the act three is like full on basically earth invasion they just yeah. like go or just all colonies like just full on uh, and it turns out they've been just kind of like uh, capturing people and just studying where we're from that kind of stuff and they figured out where we're from and how to get to us through like five D space from their dimension and they're yeah. just like destroying us all and that's the the end of the movie it's just like this gory like full-on invasion uh people just getting blasted like destruction of, of cities uh i want it to be kind of like maybe like freaky like annihilation the ending actually mm -hmm. is what i like just kind of like this like really crazy violent weird like black shapes that we can't make sense of chaotically just like blasting everyone away and we don't know what they want these are all awesome. Yeah, I'd say patent pending. If you yeah, make yeah. any of these a movie, you got to yeah. get a hold of Cards and Cubes. Yeah. At Cards and Cubes yeah. podcast at gmail.com. Talk to us about some movie contracts. Yeah, really. Yours sounds like um, H.P. Lovecraft meets like... The Leftovers. Or I was thinking Flatlander, like that old book. I don't book. know what Flatlander is actually... Uh, it's like a thin little book, but it's basically about like a bunch of little two d two dimensional creatures, and all of a sudden like a sphere shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's my idea. Yeah. Basically, because we can't understand like these creatures yeah. that live in five D space or whatever, or they're like you, you just kind of can't make sense of it. They're just like noise, like that's, that's just yeah. like a weird shaped noise, and they like you don't understand even how they're like destroying you. It's just it just kind of. To us, it's like getting squashed like an ant. Just like that's really cool. Squashed. I like that. So I did mine more of like a like a trailer, like a preview. Okay. <laughs> you find yourself in a hotel cafe where you see aspiring artists, important politicians, and tourists. They look oddly familiar, and they all seem to be floating on some sort of river. The management, dependent on how they run the hotel, by the luck of dice, and the staff lay dead in your hands until you can bring him back to life only by various accomplishments. The guests won't stay unless they get the right assortment, assortment of refreshments. Why do they like certain colored rooms? What are they up to? 
what's with this giant trash can next to the employee's only door? And why does the waiter on the cover look so smug? Find out in the gruesome psychological horror film brought to you by Mayfair Productions, The Grand Austria Hotel, directed by Simone Luciani and shot by Clemens Franz. <laughs> Come into theaters during the Viennese modern age. <laughs> Strudel is people. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I like that idea. I wish I had done mine. I don't know how I would have done mine as a trailer. That's awesome, though. All right, next we'll move on to our top three favorite horror games. Uh, real quick, I took this as Halloween games. Okay. Some of mine are unambiguously not yes. scary. So I, I was actually, <laughs> should we talk about how we selected? Yeah, I, I, talk gonna, about I was going to say, I was going to say this is our top three favorite horror games slash games that we like to play around the haunted season. Yes, right? Yes, yes, the, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yes. Uh, how did I select my games? <sighs> It was rough. I actually have a whole <laughs> row on my shelf mm-hmm. of horror board games because I am a horror fanatic. Yeah. So I'm constantly searching. So it's basically a whole shelf that almost all of these games could be sold without, like, a tear in my eye. Yeah. But it's basically like my failures at trying to find a, a great horror game. So I looked through this shelf, and um, I came up with three. And I do, I should say, I do all like these games very much. Mm -hmm. They're basically the best on my horror shelf. That's how I came up with mine. And I do only play them around Halloween time. Yeah, the way I select it is actually uh, to my my point for my movie pitch or whatever. Um, I like... Uh, a lot of like sci-fi horror stuff, stuff like Nemesis, like Alien, kind of just mm-hmm. like al- Aliens versus Marines kind of a thing uh, with like really gory um, things. But I wanted to select kind of like just more Halloweeny uh, games, so I kind of like ignored a lot of things that I might have put on the list because they're kind of more sci-fi slanted. Or I even thought about like Stronghold, you know, just like gory kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it. I kind of threw it away because it's like not Halloweeny enough. I wanted to it, it to be something that like you could enjoy on kind of Halloween mm-hmm. in the season of Halloween. That's more like geared towards Halloween in a way. Yeah, I just kind of picked what games I like to play in October mm-hmm. that kind of have a little bit of a Halloween flavor. Um, I don't have a lot of like horror games necessarily. Yeah. I also yeah. had a really tough time actually just in general with I sorted I well, usually what I do is I sort BGG by like horror or actually a lot of them were like fantasy for some reason. <laughs> a lot of like yeah. f- uh, horror games are really listed as fantasy and I sort by like rank and then I sort by like uh, ratings as well with like over a hundred or something so I, was, I just kind of go through the list and I'm like and I was looking at it and I was like wow there's like not that many that games that I really enjoy. Yeah. There's some fun games, but yeah. Did you guys notice that time. since Plahulahu or whatever is public domain, there's most of the games that came up via that yes. search word. Yes. Like, <laughs> Australia. The first pages. Like, yeah, Australia oh, was hilarious. Australia Madness came up. Madness Mountain or something. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, the first yeah. three pages are basically like Ma- uh, Masters of Madness, Arkham Horror, yeah. and their expansions and like yeah. thousand like card packs and stuff. And it, the, there's a lot of Cthulhu stuff in yeah. the top 50 of horror games, yeah. I would say. Which I don't even like consider when yeah. I'm thinking about I horror. Yeah. I feel like yeah. it's its own subgenre of horror. Yeah. yeah even though I. 
I, I, like, I, it is horror, undoubtedly. Yeah. I feel but, like if you're into it and it works for you, it's definitely horror. It can yeah, be scary. Sure. It just kind of doesn't work for me. It's right. too, like, cheesy and maybe kind of outdated cheesy. in a way. <laughs> and it's fine. It's awesome. But, yeah, not really my thing. I, think I should say, too, before we start this list, um, going back to me being a horror fan, when... October comes along for any regular person they could just pop on any horror movie and feel festive feel like they're being yeah. like oh I'll watch The Shining or Pet Cemetery or something uh, for Halloween I watch horror movies consistently I have me and my wife yeah. host a horror movie night every Tuesday so if I just watch a horror movie for Halloween it doesn't feel different you know so I mm-hmm. have to watch something that takes place in or around Halloween time board games are completely different. I'm like not a horror fan when it comes to board games. (laughs) So I could play any horror board game and And feel festive. Yeah. 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 Order. I'll start with just me. Okay. Uh, So my number three is Broom Service. Um, it's not a horror game at all. Actually, I thought about that. Yeah, it, it qualifies. I Wh- mean, which is brew as well. Brew yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's very cutesy. It's very bright. But you are playing witches, and you're like flying around um, to deliver potions and change the weather. It's very like bright and happy for Halloween. <laughs> But um, I was also thinking about, like, the tension that comes with... Because the mechanic is you select three three cards, right? Matt Four, Weiss. but... Four. Okay. okay, sorry. Four cards, um, and those are going to be the things that you do. But the tension is is if someone ahead of you plays their, that same card down, you have to do it whether you're ready to or not. So even though it's like a bright, happy, fun like game that just happens to have to do with witches. Um, I don't know. I get the same kind of tension of like waiting for my turn to come around and be holding those cards. And then you have to also decide whether you're going to do the brave action, which is better, but can be blocked really easily. Or are you going to do the cowardly action, which is pretty crappy, but can't be blocked. Yeah, actually last year I purchased this game online solely because... Um, it felt like a Halloween game. Yeah. Like it it was witches, you know? So, like, to me, that works enough, you know? Whether, like, even if you're... Even if there's no tension, like, I feel like it works as a Halloween game. So, my number three is... I kept changing it, but I guess I'm going with Horrified. Um, Horrified is, like, just, like, universal monsters. And, like, me and Matt talked about it before where it looks like a game that we would play... Um, as like kids like in the 80s it looks like very 80s-esque and it's co-op and it's like pretty simple and like just an okay game but like for the season I think it works really well I had some friends from out of town uh, two of them were like casual gamers one of them was a non-gamer and we played and it was one of those games where we set up and I taught the game and everybody understood and we kind of like leisurely played as we like caught up and so, like, I feel like it's one of those games that could be played, like, at a Halloween party or yeah. whatever, you know. Uh, we lost horribly because we weren't really paying attention, but it was still, like, fun. So, yeah, my number three is Horrified. Yeah. I, I forgot like, about that game. I liked Horrified. It's, it's, it's fun. Uh, uh-huh. It's a co-op. It's got some luck, but it's, it's, it's well, well done. Uh, my number three is Vast, The Mysterious Manor. Three with a star because I haven't really played that game a lot 
And I feel like it's kind of had a, a bit of a rough start. Um, I only played it like two times, the three times actually, I think, so far over the last three weeks. Uh, it just came out actually a couple of weeks ago, so I haven't really played it. But I feel like it's a pretty, pretty good game, actually. Um, it does have some kind of issues that I have with it, but considering just kind of horror games in general, I... It, has to be num my, my number three. Uh, it's kind of an asymmetric game if you know nothing about Vast. It's kind of uh, everyone kind of plays a different game on the same board. Um, there's a hero, uh, evil spider, or whatever. And there's like skeletons running around and the warlock running around. Basically, it's like a bunch of people running around in a, running around in a haunted house. And uh, trying to accomplish their goal, which actually is different for every person. So it's extremely asymmetric, kind of like, almost like a, I was saying, like a maze slash arena kind of a game, because you kind of hit each other. Um, it's got a lot of weird rules, and also it's got a lot of rules that are like completely different for every faction you play. So you kind of, it's a very difficult game to teach. You have to teach four different games to four different people. Um, unless people have read the rules before. Uh, but I think it has potential to be a great game, even with its shortcomings. And I've really enjoyed my plays of it so far with a star. If board games went extinct, and for some reason this was the only one that existed, I would play it. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon's skeptical on fast, I think. But way too much rules, way too many like complications and like... Uh, yeah. Root does it too, but yeah. you probably just play Root. It, it's by I don't want to play Root either. I don't want to play Root or Fast or it, any of those. It's like, by the same person as Root. Yeah. Actually, I don't really want to talk about it too much, but unfortunately I kind of like it less than Root so far. I keep hoping that he'll kind of like update the rules and fix some of the weird things or maybe an expansion will come out because it, unlike Root, where there's kind of a more common set of rules, Vast is kind of like very different for every person who plays. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately some, some people have things that target specific things that the other person can do and then they have an expansion where the other character or whatever like can be replaced so those things that you can do to the previous character which got replaced are kind of useless now mm. so that thing didn't really happen with root they, they didn't really have that problem where like an ability you have is less useful because you're playing with an expansion mm -hmm. character. So I feel like maybe, yeah, it's it's got some kind of rules and weird kind of issues like that. But it was, it was I had a lot of fun with it. Nevertheless, yeah. uh, I feel like you're like one step away from playing a war game, and I'm waiting till I'm 65 yeah. to jump into those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> with Ruth it does feel like that, but Vast is a little bit different for me. But yeah, it it, it is very conflict heavy. Yes, for sure. Uh, my number three would be Betrayal at House on the Hill. Again, not usually my type of game, but when am I going to play it? Within a week of Halloween, when I have some holiday drinks. And it's kind of fun. I mean, you know, some halfway through the game, somebody goes into another room and learns how to beat the werewolf and comes back. Um, it's a game that knows what it is, you know. Whereas, mm -hmm. like, uh, Dead Man's Cabal and Abomination are trying to mix euros and cube pushers with luck and stuff. Beha beha betrayal at House of the Hill doesn't have any of that right, attempt right. at all. It's just fun, pure fun the whole way. Doesn't overstay its welcome. It's fun enough to play. First designer game I ever bought. 
because of the theme. Mm-hmm. Yep. That and you like it okay, right? Did you yeah, sell no, it? It's, it's yeah. fine. Even though, it, no, I didn't sell it. I can't. It was like the first yeah. game, so there's like some nostalgic thing happening, but I think it's like one of those games that if like you guys were like, hey, come over on Halloween and let's play Betrayal, I would. I would. Mm-hmm. That would be yeah. fun. You know. In that setting, I think I would be fine with it. Yeah. As like a game on a game, like regular game night, like there's like no game. The game happens to you. <laughs> the game like makes you do things you don't do things to the game anyway but well, yeah, if I asked you to yeah. play it on April 3rd you'd be like, yeah, like you'd think yeah, I was just, joking just, until yeah, I, I pulled it out and started setting it, it up especially <laughs> you actually because you're like yeah. you want yeah. the full yeah. euro show me everything and I plan my whole game and like the tail's like <laughs> well uh, you get smacked in the face and you lose five whatever and yeah. like cool for like, this <laughs> list it works yeah. very well because yeah, yeah, again yeah. if it's yeah. like the week of Halloween and you bust it out. I know what I'm playing. I'm getting into it, right? Yeah. I'm gonna role play a bit, and I'm gonna like have fun. And I know yeah. that I'm just having fun and not getting taken it, it seriously. Yeah. yeah. If you're going with the attitude of having fun and not taking it seriously on, on Hall- around Halloween, I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So my number two, I have gone back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Um, I've actually gone back and forth about ten times since we started recording. Um, So my number two, oddly, is Pandemic. Now, okay, this game is older, and this is a game that I have played over and over and over. Um, It was, I think, the first game Matt and I really started playing together when Mm -hmm. we started um, dating. And we, like, we'd bust it out, and we'd play three games in one night. We actually, in our copy of Pandemic, have like a list of all the different combinations of characters that you can play and whether we won or lost. And yeah. Um, so that's one of the reasons I like it for this time of year is that it has that nostalgia factor. And for some reason, there's something about like this October that just harkens back to like, I don't know, that's that nostalgia feeling for me. Mm-hmm. I love like thinking about October as a kid and trick or treating, but mm-hmm. um, also just sort of like family. Um, And then also the theme of it. I mean, if you think about it, a global pandemic is... It's terrifying. It's terrifying. (laughs) And it's like something that could potentially happen. Um, I've heard of people playing... I mean, they're cubes, right? Yeah. So you can say, like, the black cubes are zombies. Yeah. These cubes are Uh vampires. So you can, like, easily change the theme without making any house rules. You just call the cubes different things. And all of a sudden, you have a horror game. Yeah. Actually, sure. that's um, kind of been done with Defenders of the Last Stand or Defenders of the Realm. It's a very pandemic-like take care of cube explosions, but they're actually like creatures. Kind Is of it like yeah. tower defense, though? Uh, yeah. Kind of, no, yeah, it's a weird one. But uh, anyway. Uh, I've heard of it. Yeah. I played it with Ken, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number two is a dexterity game. It's Flick 'em Up Dead of Winter. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's it's a co-op game. It's a flicking game, and it's uh, zombies like in Dead of Winter, and you could play several scenarios without a traitor mechanic. You know, like mm-hmm. Dead of Winter usually has, but there is some scenarios that throw that in there. I haven't played that yet, but I do really like it. Probably better than Flick 'em Up most days because of the, the co-op a- a- aspect is just fun for me in a flicking game. Like, we're not flicking each other's heads off. We're uh, <laughs> flicking zombies. And it has a really cool uh, meeple tower where you put the zombies on and you pull uh, this little cardboard 
thing tra- out in door. the like yeah, trap, trap door. door yeah. yeah, and the zombies will go down this like dice tower esque thing, and if they knock over your character, you're like your bit. Um, you don't turn into a zombie though; you just like have wounds. But also, you're not playing as particular characters. The whole crew is is um, is we can just you just pick who's available and play as them on your turn and uh, it's fun and the scenarios are cool and you could go into a building where there's a zombie and have like this like uh, you versus the zombie thing yeah (laughs) you pull cards and the zombies get closer and you're trying to flick them it's just like a really probably like my favorite flicking game there is and it like the theme really comes through very much so you're very like nervous about uh, the hordes coming in and you know each round more zombies are added and and it's yeah, I yeah. like it a lot. I really like the theme in that one. Actually, like Brendan saying, the theme comes through very well with the dropping the mm-hmm. zombies and they're right rushing at you like twenty eight days later or like Left for Dead style, like just yeah. like Rrr, like really fast. Um, and you're getting attacked in buildings by the zombie rushing you. It's awesome. Uh, my number. Th- Two game is actually a bit surprising, maybe because I usually don't like those games. But for Halloween, I think it works very well. Blood on the Clock Tower. I only played it twice, actually, so far. It's not even released yet. So, um, funny, my favorite games not even <laughs> released yet. But uh, and actually, we might never get to play it around here that much because it requires a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. It's like gets good at I think like eight or something. Mm-hmm. What's the minimum on the box? Uh, five, I think. Oh, okay. uh, because you need someone. To to run the game as the storyteller mm-hmm. uh, and they're not just like doing maintenance stuff they're actually kind of balancing the game so if one team is doing better than another team they actually have some like small mechanics to help out the team that's behind and slow down the team that's in front oh, okay. by having some roles that are kind of variable and have like information that he tells them so he can kind of control the information balance or something in the game which is kind of interesting um, there's actually someone mentioned that uh, if uh, if I've tried Witch Hunt, which is a very similar game with like a lot of people in asymmetric yeah, roles. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't tried it. Maybe I'm gonna have fun with that one. But I, for some reason, I really enjoyed Blood Blood on the Clock Tower. Um, I felt like the roles were really well designed. Everyone had like this weird role to play, which is very different from other people's. Uh, role and unlike Werewolf for other games, I feel like the roles were actually kind of important. Like I don't know, I'd, I'd, I feel like everyone had their own kind of piece of the puzzle, and it came through very like interestingly how the puzzle kind of came together throughout the game and the way it came together. And it was just like very kind of fascinating experience. I feel like it's a game where they took social deduction games like kind of party style social deduction games and like like made made like the ultimate social deduction game Mm -hmm. that ever. Do you have to know what everybody else does very well? Uh, Yes, unfortunately you do but I mean that's just part of the game and they do give you an overview sheet of what every role does Mm -hmm. so you kind of can read what people can do. Uh, what I also like is there's like this uh, clench of the evil person. There's only one evil person actually in that game, which is very unique. And if he is found, the game is like literally over. So mm-hmm. like it's kind of kind of strange, but it it does work very well. Um, there's a, uh, the pretend stuff is very well handled because the person that's evil is shown like a role that's not in the game. So okay. there's no like 
there's no, I, I don't know, it just does things very well, I think, in, in, a, in a very good way. And I feel like in a Halloween atmosphere, it'd be awesome to just play the game at like a party or at someone's house or just kind of hang out and like have an evening of Blood on the Clock Tower. Mm-hmm. It, it does remind, it sound, I haven't played Blood on the Clock Tower, but I have played Witch Hunt. It sounds very similar. Maybe yeah. Witch Hunt is yeah. like light, yeah. like like Blood on the Clock Tower light, because you do have roles that like you have to know and they're out on the table for everyone to see and that's part of the deduction of it but then what i liked about witch hunt is that you when you when somebody dies they become ghosts which they could still affect the game they yeah. go and have discussions off oh cool by themselves and then come back and, <laughs> and they can make decisions so i don't know maybe we should play yeah. witch hunt sometime yeah, that would be fun. yeah really maybe soon maybe yeah. we should play witch yeah. hunt actually i I'm, i looked at a few cards in witch hunt i didn't look at the whole game but it looks kind of very similar yeah mm. um i don't know if do you have a team of witches or something that's might be different because the I in blood, blood of the clock tower remember okay i can't remember yeah. anyway yeah. blood of the clock tower felt like it was very interesting and unique that there's like one demon basically that everyone is trying it to might find be one good. witch that you're trying to find so yeah which works really well I yeah think, for halloween like yeah Anyway, it's not on my list, but uh, Witch which Hunt also sounds really cool. Anyway, yeah. that's my number two. Uh, my number two is Ex Libris. Um, it has a s- kind of a Halloween bent because one of the six categories are monster cards, and then what are you playing with? You're playing as a mummy or a yeti or a witch. You know, it's almost like a kid's costume parade. And sure. I like how a lot of them, you know, there's an amorphous blob, like kind of like a really old scary movie. Um, Gelatinous cube, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, the things do what they kind of are, you know. The mummy behaves kind of like how a mummy might in a library. <laughs> Ditto, you know. Of course, a bookworm eats books. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my favorite yes. meeples of all time are in that game. Yeah, yeah, like, aren't they great? Yeah, I love them. There's yeah. a Frankenstein meeple. There's a ghost meeple. Like you said, a witch, a mummy, a gelatinous cube. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you're in like a, a library. It's supposed to be like a fantasy type library, right? Yeah. But it's like a yeah, lot yeah, of, yeah. it's like haunted as well. So, I, I mean, um, I guess like ghosts and ghouls and goblins fall yeah. into the category of yeah. fantasy because mm-hmm. they're not real. Spell books and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, that yeah, didn't register as a horror game for me, but I mean, it well, makes Halloween, sense. Or Halloween. Like, Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. I'm scared when I play yeah. it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is the season <laughs> of the year when I like to read Are you more. scared when yeah. you play any of these games? <laughs> no, yes. no, no. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. Is it's kind of difficult to be scared when you play uh, a board, board game, game for any kind. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. <laughs> to, for me... Some of video games have done it for me. I've played yeah, video yeah, games yeah, where I'm definitely. like, I'm going to maybe wait till Lindsay gets home to finish this level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel I'll like turn on the light and finish it. I feel like sound is very important, actually. Oh, maybe for sure. Yeah. And like yeah. When you play a board game, usually it's very bright and there's like quiet. So you kinda, it's, it's difficult to get scared when it's like bright and quiet. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if you're playing something solo by yourself in your house with nobody yeah. in it and you're with playing like something with lights or like a Ouija board or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, is, can that be considered a game? <laughs> oh, that's yeah. your number one, scary. Matt? Is that your number yeah, one? Yeah, Ouija board. Okay, so my number one is Dead of Winter. Um, and I'm going to preface this by saying I really don't necessarily like this game at other times of the year. Like, I want to play this game in October when it's snowy and cold and at nighttime. That's when I want to play this game. Um, We talked a lot about it comparing it to Abomination. It is by the same um, publishing company, Plaid Hat. Um, And it has that same crossroads uh, thing. It's got that same mechanic, but they just kind of do it really well. And it's, I don't know, it's just kind of fun. 
It's got yeah. that trader mechanic can. Um, and I think the theme comes through really well. It's Walking Dead, the board game, yeah, right? Yeah. Without the IP. Yeah. The theme yeah. of right, like yeah. snowed in, desperation, yeah, getting definitely. attacked, what comes through very well. Yeah. And There's we're in Salt Lake, so it can snow in October it's because snowing it's snowing right now. right now. Yeah. So you should have brought it. Um, <laughs> yeah. My number one is a game that I'll play two times a year. It's called Last Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, it is Friday the 13th, the board game. Like, I don't even think it's trying not to be. There's a maniac, but he uh-huh. looks very much like Jason mm-hmm. Voorhees. And you're on a campsite that has a lake. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, it's a hidden movement game. So, um, oh, the two times a year I played, obviously, I, I played on Friday the 13th, if possible, mm-hmm. which I did do last year and around the Halloween time. Um yeah, it's like a basic uh, kind of cat and mouse um, hidden movement game. However, the rounds will kind of change. Like the the first round, I don't I don't remember exactly what you do in the rounds, but I know that like the killer's chasing you, then you're chasing the killer, then you're trying to get away from the killer. So like the theme, I feel like for me came through very well. The board looks really great. It's huge. And um, I actually have a Jason Voorhees mask that I will wear when I'm playing um, as the maniac. <laughs> the game just to get more into it comes with a mask, so yeah, it does. It's, it's very well. You have that thing that I have a screen, a screen, yeah, which you can use as a mask. I don't know if you like, Brandon like a uses SWAT. a mask, mask. Yeah, yeah. No, so you <laughs> yeah. took it to the next level. Yeah. Basically, you have your own mask, so that's awesome. Um, I mean, if you like hidden movement games, I don't think there's a reason why you wouldn't like this game. I've heard reviewers have complaints that like that it like the rounds change from time to time, but it doesn't feel much different from round to round. But it's more different than like say like. Uh, Whitechapel, where you're doing the same thing every round. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know why the complaints about it. I don't know why it's like not regarded as a better hidden movement game because I really like it. But I also really like the theme, and I think it's a it's really fun to play around the the haunted season because you're playing a slasher movie essentially. Yeah, as I was going through the list, actually, it came out came up, uh, and I definitely that's game on my list of I wish I. I want to play this yeah. game, so you yeah. should let me know when you when cool. you're playing it or bring it. Actually, yeah, we'd definitely play it. Like even next week. Is it yeah. two player? No, no it's, it's like five, five or six. Awesome. Yeah, because there's a well, Jason or whatever, and like people, right? Yeah, and, okay. like and actually, you can get an expansion where you can add two antagonists, and Ooh. one is like Freddy. <laughs> but he's, but he's got like bones that come out of his hand oh. instead of like having like a glove with knives. That's crazy. I didn't even know <laughs> an expansion came game. up. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have the expansion, so but like if I brought it and everybody liked it, I would definitely buy yeah. the expansion. Does it come with a I different map or same map? Probably same uh, map, just two people or something. Yeah, I don't know. Huh, I, I haven't looked into it that no, much. No, that's uh, definitely a game on my uh, want to play list. So we should yeah. play it sometime. Yeah. Anyway, my first uh, number one game is actually the Bloody End. Um, uh, that yes. game is just. Really good. Um, I like card games. I mean, it just does so many things just right uh-huh. for me. It's kind of weird because it's got like just the right mix of mechanics, card game uh, mechanics, like push your luck stuff, thematic ties. The thematic ties are just really strong and awesome. For sure. Um, it just yeah. works very well. It's it's weird. It's got like it's kind of like a um, again, to our points earlier, kind of a mashup of mechanics a little bit, kind of like there's some luck as well, 
but it just uh, for me it just does things really well um, everything that it does I enjoy like every single mechanic in the game I enjoy and it's like very thematic mm -hmm. for what it is which is like a card game so instead of doing this like dumb drafting card game that they could have done they actually designed like a really awesome themed game where like people are going through an inn which is basically like the table draft area and the inn actually uh, matters where like people get assigned to rooms they might be your rooms which might give you like money and it's very it works works out very well in my opinion uh, you can kind of plan for things uh, there's randomness obviously but you can also plan for things there's like economic aspects aspects to it which funny funnily enough it's spaces for burying bodies is what the uh, economic aspects yeah. of the games mm -hmm. are there's like you kind of create space for for uh, bodies to be buried by building buildings for you which are kind of like engine building uh, buildings most of the time or special abilities or whatever and yeah it just works very well f for some reason for me the theme uh, theme comes through very well we actually played an expansion which introduces some take that stuff as well but it's a uh -huh. lot of fun as well it changes up the game in kind of a fresh way hmm. I the kinda, carnies is I that yeah, recommend the carnies. It. yeah the carnies it's just an awesome game I don't know every time I play that game I have fun with it and yeah. I played it like many times now which is kind of weird because it's kind of a simple game and every time I play it I have fun with it for some reason oh the art is great we talked about not actually being scared during those games but the murderous carnies in that expansion are actually kind of scary there's like creepy twins and like <laughs> yeah they I went with the like the circus so freaks kind of yeah. yeah. I feel like the art in general is kind of really creepy like yeah. the way their mouths open and, and whatnot yeah. almost like yeah. reminds me of uh a little bit of like Ralph Steadman. I don't know if you guys are familiar mm -hmm. with him, mixed with uh, like scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, yeah, I like that artist a lot. Um, yeah, to your point, I think if it was just a regular card game with like numbers and effects on it, I would still like the game. And I also like the theme a lot. So, like, yeah, the, the combination of the two works yeah. really well. The fact that like you feel like uh, Justine was talking about on a previous show. Uh, her playthrough of it, how like it just, you know, Matt was killing all these people, didn't have anywhere, <laughs> didn't have to, anywhere bury him. to bury so There's this like story that, that you're creating uh. on your own. And it's really unique when a game allows you to do that without them forcing it on you. Yeah. yeah. And that's like, I really appreciate that in that game. Um, yeah, I think the only reason it didn't make it onto my list of games to play in October is I will play that game any old day of the week. The police officers in that game have such more teeth than an abomination. Like, this yeah. inspector's supposed to be scary and coming towards us, but we're murdering people left and right. The police officers in that game actually put the scare mm -hmm. to you. Yeah, yeah, the only reason why I didn't have it on my list, actually, is because it wasn't on my shelf. I probably would have included <laughs> yeah. this on my list. That's a great game. Okay, so it would have been my number one, but I forgot about it. <laughs> so it's my in parentheses number one, but the game I'll talk about, I guess, is my number two. Justine already has broom service. Uh, I want to talk about the spell casting element because that's where it gets Halloween-y. So I kind of have a question. If this was themed like now boarding, would it feel like you, would it still work? I would say... Room service yeah. is now boarding? No, if they were themed like you're an airplane instead of witches... Would it work as well? No. So my argument is I actually do feel like I'm a witch flying through the air, casting spells, you know. Hmm. It feels like in Grimoire or the game we just played, Rock, Paper, Wizard, 
where it's like interactive and you care about what people do, but without all the nonsense, it's actually kind of like a fun mini game of casting this spell and that spell and seeing how they interact with everybody else's spell. So you're saying broom service is not a pace it on theme. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine it was airplanes and then you said, oh, I played this blue airplane card instead of you. and you It wouldn't work this? as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe they designed it with a theme in mind. Or yeah. came up yes. with a theme, then designed it. I don't yeah. think it's just merely pasted on witches. Uh, if anyone was curious, last Friday the expansion is called Return to Camp Apache, and it does come with two boards, I think, that you add to cool. uh, the other boards and a nice. whole other screen and everything. So Nice, yeah. that's awesome. I don't think Broom Service was a pasted-on theme. I think no. the theme is fine. Mm-hmm. It works well. You feel like, yeah, you're visiting this in the different lands, picking up stuff from there, and mm-hmm. you're kind of witches, yeah. herbal stuff, mixing up potions. It and Ex Libris kind of remind me of, like, Halloween from when we were kids, you know? Like, it's kind of the cutesy, bright yeah, yeah, colors. Yeah. Nobody's a mummy yeah. for Spooky, Halloween yeah. anymore. Spooky but, yeah. fun. Yeah. I, was a, I was a mummy last year for Halloween. So. <laughs> you're a throwback. <laughs> classic. But I'm also, you know, older. Yeah. And, and like the classic monsters and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, also, the base game of Last Friday is 2 to 6. If you add the expansion, it's 3 to 7. Sweet. 3 to 7. Um... Cool. What was your number one? Bloody Inn. What was your actual number one? <laughs> Broom Service. Okay, okay, cool. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, so that was our top three horror games slash games that we like to play for Halloween. Uh, coming up next will be Christo's Haunted House of Crowdfunding Leaders. All right, uh, my Halloween-themed uh, Kickstarter is actually not going to be very Halloween-themed. It's going to talk about applications with board games. Uh, there's been this kind of big Kickstarter with a game called Beyond Humanity Colonies. Beyond Humanity Colon- Colonies. Uh, kind of a lame title. But what you do in the game is you kind of have this like almost like toy um, thing with a bunch of components that are electronically link to each other. Um, there's a tower, which is the biggest thing, which has batteries in it. Um, and then you can connect like things that make circuits to buildings, which are plastic buildings. And they have lights in them, which flash like red, green, or like you can do like uh, dimming, flashing, that kind of stuff. And what the game is, is um, kind of a space exploration game. It, they pretend it's a worker placement game because you have cards or something or a board, not really a board, a personal board where you can do worker placement things. Um, and what you're trying to do is build a space colony. Um, there's been kind of a trend with app board games, which is, has been very interesting to me. Um, and kind of like games turning like more physical in a way, almost like in a toy aspect in a, in a weird way. Like Forbidden Sky is another one where it, like you build an electronic yeah. circuit which like physically like conducts electricity and makes this rocket like whoosh or something when you build it. Just it just makes noise, right? Yeah, it makes noise, yeah. Uh, you, launch a, you launch a rocket thematically because you're charging it with, with electricity or something. Um, Another one is U-Boot or U-Boat. I think it's called U-Boot. I think actually. it's a, yeah. I think it's U-Boot, uh, which is very app reliant. Um, another actually kind of Halloween themed game uh, that I recently saw was Scarlet Knight, 
that game was very interesting, actually. Uh, it kind of has the same thing as Beyond Humanity Colonies. Uh, I didn't mention Beyond Huma Humanity Colonies. Also, the cool thing is, instead of scanning, like the uh, Chronicles of Crime thing uh, mm -hmm. with your phone, it has NFC chips built into cards. Of course, this makes the game ridiculously expensive, but it has NFC chips. So what you do is you don't have to look at a screen or look through a screen. You, like tap a card on top of the hmm. station and the game knows kind of what you did wow. or whatever huh. or like an action you take is a token and like you put it on the thing and it registers that that action has been taken and then you put your token who's doing it so the game is kind of like smart that way and there is a screen but it's almost like a scoreboard to the side or something kind of like you can look at it for stats and things but what you're actually doing is like physical. So it's actually kind of very interesting to me. I don't know if that's actually a good game. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I'm going to back it. It's almost too ambitious actually for what it is because what they're trying to do, and there's some criticisms to that, is what they're trying to do is they're, they're trying to like have this complex simulation of what the game does. So you do worker placement stuff and you do these like projects, kind of like terraforming Mars style or something. Like you just like build stuff for the colony and then it's modifies stats for the colony. So you might do something that attracts like colonists so the colonists explode. You might, uh, somebody, might, and it's like a awkward kind of like a negotiation game with hidden goals. So people might be trying to accomplish different things. So the one funny thing that they were doing is uh, somebody might be trying to make the colony like a penal colony, like have like uh -huh. prisoners come in a lot. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to like push these projects that like expand buildings and like uh, increase security or something, which makes, makes it so that the app like makes prisoners come in or something. So anyway, um, like I say, kind of really ambitious, but I think it's kind of interesting. Um, what's the weight? This trend. Uh, what's the weight? Yeah, what's the weight? Like, who's it? Is it like a heavy game or a uh, very light th game? That's or? the awkward thing is uh, I'm, I, it's, it's in this weird space where they're trying to make it a board game, but I'm not sure if it is a board game because one of the criticisms that people are saying is like, you do a worker placement thing and there's like currently this kind of weird calculation thing that happens and you actually don't know how it works. Mm. It's like complex. So you kind of so don't... it can't just be cubes? So, so it, you're Is it not, like an algorithm? Then? Yeah, it's yeah. an algorithm, yeah. So that's the supposedly strength of it. Mm -hmm. It runs through an algorithm and it's complicated and no one exactly knows how it does it. But people are saying like that makes it kind of weird. Like I don't know if this is like a board game anymore because with board games you kind of know want to know like if I put this chip here this is what's going to happen mm -hmm. so I can plan You're for doing it. the calculations mm -hmm. and that's sort yeah. of fun yeah, about you're, it, yeah, yeah, that's actually the fun about it. And that kind of takes it away, which actually makes it really awkward. Uh, so that's why I think I may not, like, yeah. actually back it or something. Um, but it it just, like, is a very interesting thing, which they're really, like, kind of brave for doing it. So the game's, like, $225. Actually, it's very expensive because of the base which is connected to a device which you need to have like an iPad or something or uh, an Android device. And the cards have NF NFC chips built in so they can like be tapped on the base. So it makes things very expensive. It's, it's a really cool idea though. Uh, Halloween themed game, uh, back to Scarlet Knight. Another NFC chip idea. What you do in that game, Scarlet Knight, is you're exploring a haunted house or something. I can't remember details. But you're a group of people and you go in and you actually, like, uh, again, a very thematic kind of fun thing. 
you search for objects by like hovering like your phone over them or something, I think, because they have NFC things built on them. Mm. So like thematically you're like looking under a table but you don't know what you're gonna find and it's like hidden. So you like scan it. And uh, the cool thing that it does is it's kind of crazy, actually. Uh, another re really weird idea. Um, it comes with a light bulb that changes colors. So, like, uh, you might scan something and, it, like, it pops up an event and it, like, changes to red and, like, some guy's suddenly chasing you and you have to do something. But it's like a physical board. So... I don't know. It's I just kind of I was fascinated by all these projects that are, are coming out with kind of a lot of app integration. So I don't know. Yeah, what do you I, guys think about? I don't know how I feel about it. I don't think it's positive. Um, I think this could be a whole topic on its own that we could probably like really get, get into, into uh, just like uh, evolution in board games because I feel yeah. like they're going they're like getting more and more electronic, and then one day they're going to be like they're going to realize, like, oh, we're inventing video games, which have already <laughs> been invented. Controller. Yeah. You know, it's a real-time like, side-scrolling. But also, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get Aladdin to his... At the, yeah. <laughs> at, um, at the same time, there's, like, room for really cool things to happen. Like, I wonder if, like, 50 years from now, if we'll have, like, touchscreen cards, you know, that, like, have, like, videos playing on them mm -hmm. or they're, like, yeah. moving. I mean, you know, that kind of thing would be really cool. It's basically there with the NFC stuff. Like, you yeah. can kind of yeah. use your phone to tap on stuff and, like, you just, like, hover your phone. Yeah, eventually we won't have phones. Like, the components will be, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. digital. And yeah. yeah. I think there's enough people that agree with you, in fact, that it's not going to really yeah. take off. Yeah, and these are. I mean, some games if you look at people are going to if like, you look at games from from our, our childhood, there's like a lot of electronic things happening yeah. with them, and maybe now like we're just going back and going like maybe now you know that we're in the future from the 80s we could make those games better but like hopefully I'm hoping actually that it's just like a trend that will fade away because I like I like how board games yeah. are now you know. Um. My concern is that it's going to end up being kind of the same thing that happened to video games when, like, the Wii came out and the Kinect came out. Like, now we've got some mm -hmm. kind of neat games with that. Or, like, mm -hmm. VR is another example. Yeah. We've got some neat-ish games using that technology, but at the start it was kind of just like, oh, we have to design a game and it has to be able to be ported to the Wii, so we have to be able to use the little swinging remote thing somehow. Mm -hmm. And so the game ended up, like lacking because they had to f shove some mechanic in there where you got to swing the Wiimote. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's kind of this, we're seeing the same thing with VR is like, oh well, we have to figure out some way to port this to a VR headset, so we're going to have to make something where you have to stand up, you know. Um, I'm worried that we're going to move to that direction with board games where we have to somehow figure out how to shove an electrical circuit into our board mm -hmm. game. Mm -hmm. My other concern is, like, Barrage couldn't even paint the foam board to make the board 3D, <laughs> and now you're telling me we're putting chips in every single card? <laughs> like, that's silly. <laughs> well, yeah. maybe we have the entire, like, <laughs> yeah, Europe is, like, our, our homeboys. Because, like, I don't think that they'll get too crazy with things. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree, actually. A lot of kind of... That's actually my concern with Beyond Humanity Colonies. It's kind of like a novelty game where it's not very well polished. It doesn't exactly know what it's doing. They don't know what they're doing. It's too ambitious. It's kind of like trying to do something that it doesn't do very well. But I think there is something to be said for, like, apps running kind of mm -hmm. simulations that we cannot run. 
and uh, there's they have to be right though. Uh, one good example which I still need to play is Alchemists. Actually, mm-hmm. that's a map game where there's kind of like not very complex simulation, still be able to be understood by us, but it's mm-hmm. like a simulation that someone has to actually run if you don't have an app. Yeah. Someone has to like do the like uh, some kind of logic thing, right, Brandon? I yes, think I have like played it. It's like a logical, it's like a yeah. logical trickle thing yeah. that's hidden from the players that someone has to run if you don't have an app. So I think that's like an example of where something is there and I think there's something to be said for like kind of like a brain thing running mm-hmm. something that we cannot run. The thing is, like I say, to be a, board, a solid game for me, you kind of need to understand how it works is the yeah. danger with that. Yeah. You can't just have like some simulation that's like too complex. You, you have to like kind of know, be able to predict what's, what it's doing. Well, and if the, if the computation, if the algorithm is so obscure that we have to have a, an app or a computer run it isn't it basically just random I was going to say we were just complaining about random card draws like now we have to <laughs> like well like complain about like random card I mean, it's like not it random if you understand the what you're trying to do with it if you yeah. if it's so complex that you're not understanding how it's even working then it is random yeah so then that's you, my yeah, that's my biggest anything. concern we that's know what's going to make prisoners go up but how much of yes. how many you know you need to know like how many yeah maybe yeah. yeah that's that's kind of a danger with with those things you still need to understand how the the simulation works again like with thematic games like if we're trying to imitate life with games there is very random things that are happening in life that you can't necessarily calculate true yeah so like that's the problem with thematic games is like they're going to integrate those random elements Mm -hmm. to um to give you that life feeling so i don't know if i'm personally looking for something that's going to imitate life so um, uh, accurately. Can you imagine, like, if you're playing Lignum and all of a sudden you pull a card and it's like, oh, there was a blight in this part of the forest. All the trees are dead. (laughs) Yeah. Beetles. (laughs) (laughs) I I think there's some potential there, which is very interesting because I think it's good that people are exploring it. I'm not sure if it's there yet, uh, but I thought it's pretty cool. Uh, Another kind of fun thing, actually, there's a game called Hey Robot, which is very, (laughs) very interesting. It's basically a very simple party game. Uh, kind of another app kind of driven game you're trying to get Alexa or whatever algorithm that's like uh, Google or whatever uh, and uh, say a word without saying the word and you have one try so it's kind <laughs> of funny. funny it's actually kind of a genius idea it's a, it's almost exploiting like the badness of those uh-huh. algorithms because yeah. yeah. you're trying to get like the app to say like water or something and you have to you have like one try what do I need to drink to stay alive it's like it, and it's going to be like well uh, this wine is recommended by the California <laughs> yeah. whatever yeah anyway so it's just it's, it's a really fun idea which another, it's an, is another thing that kind of integrates an app well I think where you, you don't have to I that's what I used to be actually really cold on apps but and the reason I didn't like them is because you have to look through a screen and I really don't want to look at a screen yeah. so I yeah. think as long as it's like kind of off to the side in a scoreboard thing or it runs some kind of computations and it doesn't affect what I'm looking at I think that's um, kind of what maybe works for me so those things where it's kind of sitting off to the side you're kind of like having fun with it like listening to its stupidity or whatever I think it's, it's kind of very very interesting to me hey, those devices are um, 
terrifying to me. We have our, I don't know what it's called, but it's a speaker that talks to you and you can talk Alexa. to it. Uh, Do you say Alexa or Google? Uh, oh, it's Alexa. It's an Alexa. Okay. Um, and we have it on and sometimes we're watching horror movies and it'll just say like the definition of something randomly. <laughs> like it hears from the horror movie. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, because it says something that maybe sounds like Alexa followed by a word yeah. and it'll just like chime in and say the definition of it and we're like, what? That's freaky. Or it'll start playing a song uh -huh. randomly when we're watching a movie and we typically watch horror movies so it's like kind of terrifying. <laughs> and then you're just worried you're on a list somewhere now? Because you know, I'm not worried about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like with the whole like you know, you Google so many things and now like Facebook is showing you yeah. ads for the, like, to me, if like, yeah, I would rather like have ads of stuff I like than not like. And like, I'm not a criminal, which yeah. I just sound like Nixon, but, um, <laughs> but I, I have nothing to worry about. Exactly. Like they could watch me all they want. They'll probably get really bored. Um, but if they're just going to like show me stuff that I'm interested in, cool. I just think it's funny if like Alexis defining all these horror movie <laughs> terms and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that might sure. be. Um, yeah, I I would be interested to talk to the designers of some of these games, just because I want to know, like, was the idea, where did they start? Did they start with the idea of, like, a board game, and then they're like, oh, if we could make this work in it, it would be really cool. I could see that turning out really neat, but if you're like, oh, let's make a board game that involves these chips and these cards... That yeah. I feel like could fall apart really fast. They're saying they've been working on it, obviously, for like five <coughs> years with programmers, and they had the idea all together. But I don't know if it's there yet. But anyway, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Is mm -hmm. just kind of a small mention. There seems to be a lot of kind of app integrated games in an interesting way, kind of not in a lame. That, that the, the interesting thing for me is that like the NFC chips and just stuff like that is not you typing things on a screen which I think is pretty bad mm -hmm. it's like a physical way to interact with the screen kind of simply so it's like smart it knows what's going on in the mm -hmm. game or maybe there's something on the board that like you connect to and it knows what's in the game which is a very interesting idea actually yeah. Yeah. but yeah I used to be really really cold on apps because of actually Chronicles of Crime which I'm amazed is rated so highly because you kind of it's a video game really it's not a board game you might yeah, as well be sure. a video game. Like yeah, actually, the, you're card, looking at, the you're card elements in it is like more yeah. of a hassle than anything. You're, you're looking at a screen like 80% of the time, yeah. I'd say, which is um, bad. But yeah, that's that's just. I think we could go a lot into this, and I, I think, think we could do maybe it we just time, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next episode, we we dive into as a topic um, like board game evolution and electronics and mm -hmm. games and stuff because yeah. I think this is a good topic. I think so too. Uh, so thanks for joining us, on Cards and Cubes. Our episode number eight, our Halloween episode. You're welcome for being the only board gaming podcast that does that. I'm just going to, I'm owning it, yeah. even though it's probably not true. Uh, we like to thank Demolition once again, located at 3300 South and 85 West, for providing a space for us to record and also a place for us to get great games at cheap prices. Uh, we'd li like to also thank uh, Lindsay Hobbs for conducting the um, theme music. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, or anything, you could always contact us via Facebook or Instagram or our email, which is uh, cardsandcubespodcast at gmail.com. Our other social media is you can just find us Cards and Cubes. Um, I have to go return some videotapes. So goodbye. <laughs>